0: What's going on guys and happy Monday. It's Dakin season. The new August season launches today and we're going to be breaking down everything you need to know about the brand new season pass card, our ratings on it, and overall, is it worth buying? We're also going to be breaking down all the cards, synergy, and combos you need to know about the newest card. We'll be looking at Silver Samurai, X-23, and Lady Deathstrike, giving our early review and which ones are worth going after. And lastly guys, we're going to be talking about the last OTA with Captain Marvel, Vision Absorbing Man, and what it means to the Marvel Snap Meta and the balance patches to come. We're going to be talking about that all today and more on this episode of the Snapchat. And as always, I'm joined by Mr. Alex Kocha. Hello, happy post Conquerors, man, in August season. How are we doing? I'm doing absolutely fantastic. And the Conquerors event was absolutely
1: amazing. What a great celebration of Marvel Snap. You and Dex did an absolutely amazing job casting, by the way. I watched the event back because obviously I was competing in it, so I couldn't watch it while I was competing. You guys did a great job. The whole event was great. I mean, uh, anytime you have a massive community like Marvel Snap coming together to celebrate the game and celebrate competition and just kind of having an event that showcases what I believe is the best mode in Marvel Snap it's It's a great time to be a Marvel Snap player.
0: Dude, it was so fun. I mean, first of all, it was cool uh, being live in this studio, right? Like being there and like Snap themed, right? So it was the first kind of like Snap feeling thing in the physical sense. But also it's one of the few events where like I knew all of the participants, which I feel like is rare for a caster. You know, Dex obviously did a great job, but like the pre-show was a lot of fun. And just getting to know all of the participants, right? And getting to see Snap from a different angle. It made me want to play... Really bad, like watching all these people play and watching these decks go in. But all together, man, I thought it was really cool. I mean, definitely some hiccups, but for like a first event, I thought it was uh, really well done. The games that you were highlighting
1: on screen were just a great showcase of why we love Marvel Snap, right? There was so much like crazy swings of emotion and victories, crazy defeats. It had it all. And ultimately, as I said before, it was an absolutely fantastic showcase of what Marvel Snap is all
0: about. It's so cool that the game, like I said this to the people at the studio, it like just sells itself, right? Like, there was just chaos in, in all over the game anyway. Like, Binx having an ego game, and then you had an incredible game versus Dara. And just the competition. Like, we didn't have any control. I, I like I don't think people understand. Like, we didn't have a control what games we went to. We were just hosting and casting, right? So there's a lot of last-minute changes and things that we necessarily weren't like, prepared for, but we worked on the fly a ton, and hopefully it presented somewhat well. But it was cool because A, Snap is so fast-paced to begin with, But there are so many different things that you can show and angles. And I think this was a great building block of what kind of events for Snap can be, man. I I think there's a really a good grounding here. I'm excited to see the future.
1: Yeah, the fact that this was like the first major official event just bodes amazingly well for the future of Marvel Snap and its competitive scene.
0: Bro, I got to tell you, I can talk for hours and hours and hours, but that was the most drained I've ever been. Not like a bathroom break. Not a, it was just four hours. Cause I think it was a three hour event, but then all of a sudden it was like, if you're in game four, you can keep going, which as you know, dude, it's like another hour got tacked on. So by the end of it, man, I was spent, but it was uh, definitely a, just a memory that I'll have a core memory for a very long time. As like a player, did it feel like intense? Was it nerve wracking? Like knowing, I mean, 10,000 10, plus people are watching you and every play you make... And everything you'd like, dude, I was nervous for you and I was casting.
1: Yeah, it was uh, quite an experience because it, it was set up to be like a fun, casual kind of like, you know, just a showcase style event. It wasn't supposed to be competitive. And then what happened was that as soon as you apply a reward for whoever wins and not for us, it's for the community, you suddenly have this pressure of like, I have to perform for the people that voted for me. Right. Like in a, in a standard game, if I lose, I don't care. But now I need to represent the best interest of the people who voted for me. So I got to give it my all. I have have to go hard and not just for the, the showcased event. I have to go hard for those 48 hours to try to provide the people that voted for me with the best opportunity to win the variant. And so it ended up being way more
0: sweaty than anybody actually expected. Bro, you were this, you were the vote of the Snapchat. Like you were representing the Snapchat, man. I was, I was, uh I was, there was one point when you were playing Darren, I just was like, all right, man, this is it. This is for our glory, man. I just love to, out of everybody, all the participants, Alex, was the one that we got to do an interview with. And it felt like, dude, it felt at home. It was like Snapchat on the go. Yeah, it was,
1: first of all, it was an honor to be featured uh, with the interview. And uh, it's just, it's a great time to just talk about Marvel Snap anytime I get to. Like I, I, I say all the time, I just love this game. I love talking about it. And it was so funny. Like it was so much Italian was strolling through the stream the while I was talking. <laughs> yeah, and honestly, like I am, like I am Italian. I can understand everything that was being said, which is kind of funny. I, I was like, I can understand all that. Like, I don't know if they realize that I can read and understand really? everything that was being said. Yeah, obviously. And my family is Italian.
0: My grandmother's f- from Italy. I literally, is, I'm as Italian as you could be without my father being from there. And I can't, I couldn't, I, I didn't know. I didn't know what they were saying. Uh, in fact, I said Mamma Mia like w- 10 times too many, I think out of nerves
1: yeah I mean somebody there were the, obviously, the moderators weren't Italian because some of the swearing that was getting dropped like repeatedly was absolutely hilarious. Yeah. And like because it was in a different language, I guess the mods were like, I don't know what that means. And so it just fine
0: <laughs> <laughs> too all, all, like that my favorite thing about the event, yes, there could have been more like there were some noticeable great people, like educated Collins that didn't make it into the event. But And hopefully I really want these people to make it next time. But one thing I thought they did well was the representation from like around the the Marvel Snap globe, right? I thought that was a really cool thing and I hope they can uh, continue to do that. And he answered everybody to his animal tearless sins live in front of everybody. You handled it like a champ. You handled it like a champ.
1: Thank you. I appreciate that. Listen, elephants are rising up to tears. I've gone to see them this summer. I I was looking at an elephant recently. I was like, you know what? Do I move them up to B? I ultimately decided not to. They still remain C, but you know what? I'm open to it. Hey, Thanos
0: went from the worst card trash in the game to one of your favorite cards in the game. So there's hope for elephants. There's hope for lions, rhinos, tigers, and bears. Cozy,
1: you are flashing that brand new, beautiful, inked Mystique with the Kirby crackle in the center of the screen. Cozy, what are some of your
0: favorite cards to copy with Mystique? All of them. Anytime I could play her, man. Uh, Iron Man and Darkhawk. Listen, I've been playing them a bit more. I've been copying freaking Jets. I just want to play her out on the board. Dude, the fact that I didn't have a split ready for this, for this episode because I just want to now get my Alex Magic and try to just open splits with you because there's something there, all right? I, I'm going to probably not open any split I really want unless it's live with you on the Snapchat, bud.
1: Oh, buddy, that, that, that still comes down to, like, being one of the greatest moments in Snapchat history. You straight-up Kirby crackling. in like, it's just wild. I can't believe that happened live. Like, haters will say it's Photoshopped, but we were there live, my friends. It's all real.
0: I've never felt more like a nerd, and I loved it. We were like, oh my god, blue, crack. Like, we were just, we were in for it, man. And I, I that's how I felt. And I still look at it with the same eye. Look at her, man. She still gets me excited.
1: It's still crazy. And I still am not convinced how it, I, would, I would approach upgrading this card, if ever. I
0: think you have to leave it. I think it stays. It's because the indecisiveness, I'm just leaving it. I don't know yet. Maybe one day they're, they're going to release the whole border choosing thing. Release that, put it on the roadmap. We got a lot to talk about today. People know what we're talking about on this side of the Snapchat. And Alex, what are we going to be talking about on your side?
1: We'll be discussing our favorite cards of the season, the ones that carried us to Infinite, to Infinity Conquest and beyond. We'll also be talking about the new roadmap that was just announced by Second Dinner and kind of gives us an idea of what the future of Marvel Snaps development is going to look like. And then finally, we're going to talk about the cards on the rise and the cards on the fall for this next upcoming season.
0: Alex, let's go and talk about this season. It starts today, Monday, August 7th. And guys, Dak and Destroy season begins. And to me, this feels like the most exciting of a season that we've had in a good amount of time. It feels similar to what Hitmonkey was to the game, but Destroy is so much more interesting to most players, right? Like, that's kind of the feeling that I have about Dak. And as we kind of kick off this pure topping just about him.
1: Yeah. So this season is going to be pretty wild. There's a number of cars I think can really shake up the game. Like we have some really heavy hitters and we'll be talking about that soon as well. But like Dakin itself looks like it has some insane potential, specifically at the three drop. Like it's just, it's, it basically makes like Thor look like a little child now. Like it's just crazy what you can do. I don't want to say that Thor has its place.
0: I like that you brought up Thor because it was my first comparison, right? So he's a three, four, And if you don't know what Dakin does, he's a 3-4. And whenever you destroy the Miramasa shard, he's going to become a 3-8. And then as you continue to manipulate that shard, you can make him stronger and stronger. Now, a 3-8 is fantastic. It's like that crossbones, but at a 3 cost. The only difference is, well, there's a couple. Thor is going to shuffle into your hand so he can ruin your draw. Okay, so if you look at the the negatives there, he can go up significantly higher. And Shang-Chi can destroy him. but I think the biggest difference is the surprise factor. So I think Dakin's going to be way, or it's uh, D- Dakin, sorry, it's Dakin, not Dakin. D- I heard Dakin a million times, and then through Marvel Snap, I heard Dakin, so we'll call him Dakin. Dakin is going to be able to uh, be a lot more dependable of that three eight, and it's going to be very easy to make him uh, that high. It is, and
1: the other side to it too is that you have to invest in some way to get that shard out, or broken, or, like, it's not like, Dakin doesn't just come out as a 3 like a 3-whatever, like, it doesn't just come out as a 3-8 when, like, you, you have to destroy that shard so he almost feels like a 4 cost to some degree, or like, it's it's the 3 cost plus something. It's kind of like the way Phoenix Force works, like, it, it's, it has to have a combo potential, like, it's, whereas Thor kind of just works on its own, obviously you have Jane Foster but, like, yeah, there's more to the 2, like, it is a direct comparison but there's more minutia than perhaps and we give it credit for at first glance.
0: What I will say, though, is that the way he's going to work is like you already have all this synergy built into it because of Destroy anyway. Like, I, I do see that comparison a lot, and it's going to cost one energy. But the way you're doing Destroy to begin with, right, you want that fodder. You want more ways to destroy what is going to be this Maramasa Shard, right? It's a 1-1, but, you know, you have Carnage to help build this up. Obviously, you know, Discard is going to be able to do this for free. So it is different. You do have to rely on a combo, but I feel like it's much different than comparing them to something like Nimrod or even Phoenix Force at that point, right? It kind of feels like it's going to be a lot easier to get this off dependently.
1: Yeah, you know what? I like that you bring up a discard as well, because I have a question for you, Cozy. I I was thinking about this while I was looking at this card and looking at Dakin itself. Do you feel like that this card benefits Destroy more than it benefits Discard? Because I feel like destroy is probably gonna get a little more value from it whereas discard can get it out for free but i feel like ultimately i think this is more of a destroy card like i i'm curious of what your opinion is
0: it's kind of cool i feel like this season is definitely a destroy season and dakin is going to be more in favor of destroy but there are going to be synergies you know what it is if you go all in for the new cards this season then his discard package is going to be really strong as well just pure out. If you only get this card, then I think he's better for destroy. Uh, before we go too far into that particular, because I want to talk card synergies, decks that we see him working in the best. Dude, I think just at a pure level, which we could see PC release now any day, week, month at this point, because of the way the, the roadmap was, I think he's really good for newer players. I, I think that people below pool three, this is a card that you're going to be able to use to large success. In fact, like think about some of these other ones that we've had. I don't know if they're as new player-friendly, so I want to start there. I think he's just good as his core kit goes. But when it comes to, uh, because you know, Destroy kind of needs a lot of in-depth pool 3, no action, right? Just stand alone. Give me kind of a 1 through 10, how you feel like he's going to impact Marvel Snap
1: standalone, it's it's always hard to say, but like, honestly, he could be an eight. And the reason why I say that is because you're right to identify that, like, I think he's going to work well for all collection levels. If you think about what destroy really can do well early on in like pool two, pool three, you have Killmonger, you have Nova. And think about what that does to Daken because you have Nova on board, presumably on turn one, Daken's out, and then you have Master Shard, which gets destroyed by Killmonger. And then what you have is you have the Nova proc, then the shard gets destroyed and then Dakin goes up it's to 10, 10 right? Yeah. So like you have this natural immediate synergy that like is available in pool two, is available in po- pool two. You got Bucky Barnes, you're going to have Carnage, obviously. Venom's going to be the one you really want <laughs> to grab because Venom is such a good card. So it's unfortunate it's in pool three, but ultimately like that's 10 power. Like that's a very good card that I think has synergy in pool two. So you're right. I think it does help a lot of players at different collection levels.
0: Yeah, so I like him probably best with Carnage because you've got the one shard and it's that little extra fodder, right? Whereas like Venom, I, at least the way I play Venom, I want him to build up a bit more before things start cooking with him. I'm going to give him a solid eight, definitely. I, I think in the decks you're playing him in, I get it that he's a four cost if we want to get mathematical. In the decks you're playing him in, he's technically a better Maximus a, a, with no drawback. In fact, the drawback is that extra energy, but that's to build up things like Carnage or to get your death count down with the Killmonger. Like, everything he's doing kind of helps that kid out. I I don't see how he's not an awesome, awesome season pass card. I I think this is going to be an easy 8 and probably... Again, similar to what Hitmonkey offered the meta. I think he's gonna do the same.
1: I think you're right that like Hitmonkey is a similar comparison in terms of its meta relevance, because like Silver Surfer, for instance, or Zabu, they had very wide meta implications. Whereas like Hitmonkey was very specific to like uh, you know, Sarah control, bounce, and others. And I think I think Dakin's gonna be similar where it's gonna have a very niche application but still very good because like, yes, we want help for discard. Discards always needed help, especially with Spider-Ham running wild. Discard needed something. We get it here. Destroy, ironically, is like a really popular archetype, but in terms of win percentage, actually is lowest amongst the most popular, right? And this might give it that extra little oomph since the Deathwave package got dismantled. So I'm actually really interested to see how this uh, impacts the meta overall.
0: What's cool too, if, you, if you're a player that doesn't, uh, you don't have the ability to get all the new cards or you're saving for September, he's one of those that like, we've seen it now in a couple months in a row now, where like the card gets complemented by the other cards, right? So obviously, for instance, you had like Ghost Spider and then you had 2099. He's just good on his own with base destroy. The cards coming out, yes, are going to be great to kind of aid him and give you more tools, but you can just put him into kind of a destroy. Destroy is so hard to fit in new cards as it is, but he has a clear place in that role, mainly because he's a three cost. And I would actually say the same about discard, and we'll get to that in just a moment. The thing it is, though, Alex, compared to how we used to talk about it, we kind of always used to say, if you play Marvel Snap, the season pass is a no brainer. We're giving them an 8, but now that they're doing these season weekend missions, which we know they suck, they're going to be way better with him than Phoenix Force. Let's just get that clear. You're now getting, what, like 600 gold throughout the month on top of the season pass, on top of a good card. If you play Marvel Snap to any degree, I just think it's it just seems like a no brainer, especially this particular season. I agree.
1: I think the season pass always generally represents the best value of Marvel Snap. And we've talked about in the past that we think it can be better. And yeah, with the weekend missions being what they are, I still think the weekend missions need to be improved. I, I don't like the whole win until like you don't want to play a card anymore type thing <laughs> that they do with the season pass card. Like, you know, Phoenix, I didn't even I'll tell you, I didn't even do the Phoenix Force one this week. I'm just like, I'm not, I'm not doing it. I just don't want to play that. So uh, but yeah, you're right. This is gonna be, I think, a much more impactful card and ultimately I think it's going to be more fun to play like this this season is shaping up to be like I think one of the best ones in snap and I think this card's going to lead the way it's it's definitely it's it's the top two of the season for August it's the top two I think there's one other card that might ultimately be slightly better and I know we're going to talk about that soon but it's going to be an absolute banger
0: yeah we're going to rank all the cards in order at the end of our next subject but I want to talk about card synergy and then some decks here for deck and so if you don't play a lot of destroy where is he going to fit in what deck and archetypes can you play if you don't want to play destroy? And ultimately, what are those small card combos if you want to just kind of slot them in to different decks? Now, obviously, Alex, I think the one that is, is we, we kind of already mentioned, naturally, Killmonger is going to be there as a huge kind of last play now. Turn five, turn six, you've got the shard on the board. You've got their one-cost drops. All of a sudden, boom, you're getting an eight drop. Maybe the Nova's on your side. You're getting rid of their board. Like, is a three... For what, like 10 plus now with the, with the Dakin synergy? I feel like we're going to go back Dakin and Dakin a million times in this. This is kind of, in my opinion, the obvious winner, but there's like 10 synergized cards with Dakon,
1: There's a ton. And the one that like, okay, I've been really trying to see how I can, you know, kind of like dream up a really good discard deck. Cause I think discard might be not the most immediately obvious deck for this is I think destroy is very clear. But with, with this card, I think there's going to be potential for like a moon girl, the master shard into Modok. And then like, suddenly it's just like, boom, like that. He just gets huge and you still have your apocalypse and potentially other synergistic cards as well.
0: I'm glad you mentioned her cause I was going to say moon girl at the beginning when we were talking about newer players. Like, this seems like a really good addition. You have to be... The way that it's going to work is going to just make sense, too, because you play him on three, it's in your hand, then you play her on four, and it's just like, bam, bam, right? The thing is, with discard, you're having to commit no extra energy, and you have a way to get rid of the shard to double the power, right? When it comes to destroy, you're kind of feeding it into your kit that lowers death, rises null, and then doubles bacon. So there's... A stark difference on the two, one of which is a bit more direct and less RNG, and the other one is for free and you can't discount that. Yeah, I like Moon Girl. This is definitely a big winner when it comes to synergy. We got to talk about just cards that rise power, right? Obviously, we just had the not coincidental Hulkbuster, which is crazy. He's a 3 5 on his own now, but Hulkbuster is when you start to get to greedy territory. Let me say this. I think Dakin's going to be best as a 3-8. That's where you should use him. That value, he's like a Deadpool in disguise. Don't worry about getting him too wild, but Hulkbuster's going to allow you now to get him to wait for it. Am I going to say this correctly? An 18 power play? That's insane. It is insane,
1: and I just want to highlight what you've said here. And this happens every single time a new card gets released. People see the new card and they want to they want to take it to like the craziest level with the craziest combo, like the the fifteen percent win rate. I'm gonna get Daken to like you know forty five or whatever. <laughs> like that, like that's not that's not the best way to approach this card. I love the fact that you say if you hit three eight, you've done it. Like that's a damn good card. It's it's better than Maximus. It's better than Maximus. hundred
0: percent. What's cool is if you think about, like, what do you call, nowadays, a a turn six play, to me, that's, like, massive, right? It's, like, 20 power plus, right? These 20, 28 power we're seeing with, like, an infinite she-hole, crazy, crazy power plays, right? It's so cool to think that you can technically play Hulkbuster on six on your Dakin, you play Nova, the Shard is either out there already or it's not, and then you slam down the Carnage, or you just do Hulkbuster, Carnage, or Shard and Carnage, You're having a massive turn swing out of nowhere, man. Like, instantaneously. I'm telling you, man, surprise-wise, I think he is doing what we've seen with these other cars coming to Destroy, offering a different package. What Nimrod did, right? Where it's not this easy, you know, A to Z, you know what's going to happen with Destroy. And it's not just Hulkbuster, man, but what do you think about this kind of power boost, Dakken?
1: I I think it's good. I think that, like, it ultimately is going to come down to, like, how you can attack... Locations while also keeping your opponents on their toes. Like, for instance, another card that works really well is going to be Silver Surfer because it na- again, first of all, three drop, that's obvious. However, what I want to say is that I- the best kit right now with Silver Surfer runs Killmonger Nova, which yeah. is immediately synergistic with Dakin. So what you're going to be able to do is like that nova now has an infinite amount of value because not only are you propping up your broods and you're propping up everything else on the board, but you're also going to have, be able to run up your Dakin, which I'm using
0: interchangeably on purpose now because now I'm not sure what to do either. I know too. Do um, I'm saying. Like, we, we yeah. to Somebody in the comments section on YouTube just say how many times we went back and forth because I think yeah. it is it is Dakin. Yeah, it's day.
1: I think it's it must be Dakin. It must be. What were we saying at first, Daken? Daken. We said Daken at first.
0: Which one did I correct this to?
1: I don't know. I'm so confused.
0: Dakin, Daken. Regardless, we're gonna get we're gonna get t- roasted no matter what for this. <laughs> yeah, but I yet, know. yes, essentially you're doing the mag. Uh, it's as yeah, tale as old as time. The Magneto play. You're doing one play that's affecting multiple lanes, and with Surfer. You're now doing that like tenfold, yeah?
1: Yeah, well, you can you can literally close, you don't even need Sarah. You could literally play the spider, uh, Spider-Man turn five, right? Because you can play Dak and then you can play the Shard plus the third uh, three power cost on four. So the Shard goes out on turn four, which is something that Silver Surfer has never been able to confidently do. You have so many three drops, what do you usually do on four? Now you have a three drop and, and the Shard coming down. Turn five, you, you lock it down with spider, uh, Spider-Man or even Sarah, but you don't need to. And turn six, it's literally Killmonger Surfer. Yep. like, And then all of a sudden, your whole board just lights up with power and you you get like it, it feels like old surfer again and the, like it's just so high imagine playing Daken on turn three and then you maximus shard turn four and then literally on the, you lock down a lane and then turn six it's it's killmonger silver surfer that is so much vertical power that traditionally silver surfer never used to be able to do
0: and then the broods you can have the nova out there you can have this like you're pumping out. Now you have this lane, right? That had the Brutes. And now you have Dakin having his own lane almost where he can kind of carry his own load on that lane, right? Like that is what's going to be so crazy. And it used to have to be Maximus in that role. And and now I, I don't think even close. Heck, maybe you can slip in Hulkbuster and then you can do the math. Like, is, does it make the most sense to put this on him? Or do I just drop this in the lane with nobody and get a 3-5, right? Because then you can kind of make, you know, multi-purpose for him. I like that you said Surfer. Another card that I think in more of the general use for him, that is definitely needs a home, right? Like, he he, he doesn't have much. It's Forge. You know, Forge is a 2-1, and you're able to play him the turn before. It has this natural curve, giving him just that plus 2, and you immediately now are looking at a 12-power card. It just kind of works... Because of the curve of Forge as well,
1: and you'd also have Forge in conjunction with other cards like Mister Sinister, Brood, and others, where he might be a more impactful play. I don't know what that deck looks like yet, or Deadpool, but I think that's pretty damn cool.
0: Like he kind of works with the cards that work with like because of Deadpool's existence, it works with this whole Dakin synergy or Surfer kind of role because of Broods and. There's there's some synergy here without forcing it, you know? Yeah.
1: And one thing I will say too though is uh like there are some limitations to the card. Like it's not a good turn six card, right? Naturally. Whereas like even like a Maximus we we're talking about before is a good turn six card. But as a, as a three power card, you're right. These these ways to kind of step through the power, like with, like, you have Forge 2, you have a Dakin on turn 3, and then you have the Shard on turn 4 plus another 3 drop. Could be Polaris, could be whatever you want. It feels like he fits very naturally into, like, several archetypes, but cleanly in the curve, which I think is what, like, Phoenix Force couldn't do. Phoenix Force never curved properly at 5 cost, and they tried to help it curve properly at 4. And I think Dakin solves that problem.
0: And you were forcing things to work. Whereas this just has cards that naturally work within the deck. And on top of that, I heard a great take on this. Like, yes, the multiple man thing is incredible with Phoenix. Four. It's so fun, right? But how obvious is that? The second you see a multiple man get destroyed, you're not like, wow, I wonder what deck he's playing, right? It's just obvious at that point. So this is just going to naturally work. Dude, calling wing is already above power stat line for the 2-4. And the fact you now are not just sitting there hoping for the swarm, you know, hoping that the swarm gets there. You just have immediately a great other card to fall back on. You don't get to play her necessarily right away and on the curve. You want to like, dude. We've had the same discard line for how long now? Where it's like you, you know what you're doing on every single turn, and 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 Dakin is going to switch that up a little bit. Yeah, it will.
1: And it, it's listen, Colleen Wing is overstated. And has a reliable discard effect, which I mean, people say, oh, discards RNG. Well, not with Calling Wing, not with Sif, and that's why they're so valuable. Not with Silver Samurai, right? We're, we're getting these additional tools yep. that are going to make this, this targeted discard much more valuable.
0: Mark my words, there's going to be a Collector Modok targeted discard deck with Dakin at the helm, especially once Silver Samurai comes out. That is going to be a very, very dependable deck. I mean, you have things like Stature, which now makes sense that she's coming out this season in the, in the spotlights, right? Another way to get her activated through Silver Samurai is going to be fantastic while also building up your own list. It's like a new good card stat list, dude. It's going to be, it's going to be crazy. And, you know, man, I love that Discard's going to get this too. Outside of Destroy because it needed something sexy to bring it. It, it. Tell me this. We all know Discard's good. It just is kind of, it's like. Over time, it gets repetitive.
1: It does. And it's also very predictable. Like when I play against someone who's playing discard, I know exactly what their hand looks like. I know exactly yep. what their turns look like. I play so much discard. Like I know exactly what you're doing. Yep. So for me, it's like, you're never going to catch me by surprise for your cubes. Cause I know what your Dracula play looks like. I know exactly what's going to happen. And I'm usually holding spider him anyway, cause I've been decking him into all my conquest <laughs> yeah, decks. Yeah, yeah. Actually on the note of discard, it reminds me, and this is kind of like my, my mind working, trying to get these cards working. Um, wh- Okay. This might be a reach. Call me out if it is. We get one in episode. Nakia. Nakia. Yeah. Nakia and Okoye. Like, uh, Nakia works very naturally in discard because Okoye is the reach. reach.
0: Okoye, I was going (laughs) to stop you at Okoye. Nakia, I was like, okay. Yeah, Yeah, Nakia was swarms and you have, Or swarms or, yeah, yeah. Okoye, was like, all right. Yeah, For a second. But, because (laughs) Okoye, yeah, honestly, Nakia... Dude, isn't it crazy? This being a 12 card game is what makes it so crazy because Nikia on yeah. paper you're like, "Man, that just makes sense." But it's like, can she replace the other options in the deck? And honestly, it dude, with the one power up all the way with the brutes now? I don't I don't think it's the worst idea. I, again, there is a good collector modok list kind of already floating out there that doesn't get played enough, and this is just going to feed into that more morbius man is going to get that extra little power up. I like it. And I always like that Discard has that little, like, you know, RNG factor with Gambit and these other cards yeah. where, like, can you imagine getting rid of, like, your whole hand and then you have, like, a Dracula? He only gets, like, two power, but he gets rid of the shard and then you get the daking going. There's, like, weird things that can happen with Discard, which makes, you know, it, it makes me excited for, for the archetype. I like the Nikia. I like the Nikia in there. Anyway, bro, my, my list for him, no question. I think it's going to be destroy will be his natural best fit home. After that, I I think it's Surfer. And after that, I think it's Discard. But I think all of those are optimal decks.
1: I would agree. I might swap Discard and Surfer there. I I wonder if he actually performs as good in Surfer as as I think he might. I think he will. I do think he will because it's just such a natural play on three. Well, just
0: think about it, dude. Polaris, she's 3-5 and we go crazy about her. So even if you didn't get to pop anything off, he's a 3-4, which isn't good. But at least it's gonna be decent, you know? And then you also have the ability with Killmonger and Nova already in there.
1: Yeah, I just I just wonder if it really locks Silver Surfer into, like, this deadlock of, like, you have to play Killmonger, you know, uh, Invisible Woman, yeah. Nova. Mm-hmm. Not, not even so much Invisible Woman anymore, because it bounces kind of off a little bit. But, like, I feel like it might make uh, Silver Surfer a little more rigid if you're yeah. playing Daken.
0: And let's go to our first spotlight new card in Lady Deathstrike. Probably the most Hmm, just interesting cards out of the list. Super excited to kind of see what she's going to bring to the table. Lady Deathstrike, initial impressions. If you guys don't know, she's a five cost, three power card. On reveal, destroy each card here with less power than this.
1: Yeah, this card is absolutely wild. I think that like, this is one of the most interesting cards they've released in a very, very long time. And I mean, my first impressions, honestly, when I first saw this card was like, this is going to be either the best five drop you can possibly have in your hand or the worst five drop you could possibly have in your hand and very little middle ground. It's, it's going to be a wild one, but I think it's going to take a lot of work to get it to the place where you're like, hell yeah, Lady Deathstrike is going to cause damage here.
0: Yeah, dude. Okay. To me, Lady Deathstrike, I think I said this when we first reviewed these cards. To me, she seems like the card that's going to win some crazy games and she'll probably lose you more than she wins, ultimately. like there, There's definitely going to be a place for her, but we, we've talked about this time and time again, right? She's a 5-cost card, so she just has to have that value. Now, I do think there's decks that she's going to work in, but dare I say it, and again, this speaks to how good this season is, I think she's the worst card this season as, as a collective whole. Would you say the same? Give her a 1 through 10? I mean... I think she's probably gonna come out and end up being a five
1: four range, not maybe maybe six. It's hard to say because like I feel like this card could be like it might need a buff because it's so hard. You're gonna have to invest a lot to get this card to do exactly what you want it to. It, it's it's one of those cards that feels like the deck starts to build itself a little bit because you need to buff the power. You you cannot play a five three. Unless you're playing against a Mister Negative deck, then they, you just snap and they lose anyway. But like, unless you're just planning on, well, I'm going to get Bucky Barnes, I guess. Like, you have to play. You have to play to buff this up, and I think that's going to be hard.
0: Great point. She's a combo card, right? So combo card because at the five three base value, we're talking. You know, obviously, there's some really good place. There's insane place. Iron Man, like, whoa! You can get rid of an Iron Man. Dracula is not as relevant now, but there's these kind of cards. The problem is. I love it. With the Iron Man alone, Iron Man's played in Bass decks usually, right? Well, guess what? That's not going to be higher than the three, the three power. So you do have to find ways to buffer up. I was going to bring up that when we talked about her decks. There's two decks I see her fitting into. The Mr. Negative builds, which are on the rise, and, and she could be a nice surprise in those decks, man. A 3-5, at that point, now we're cooking. But man, you got to hope she draws after, and you need the negative pull. Like It's just there's a lot of risk there naturally, there's going to be ways to kill your Novas and stuff, so you can't undermine that. I think these kind of uh, combo power decks too, like we talked about Forge with Dakin just a second ago. Well, you could play Forge with her too. So now you have this kind of like combo synergistic thing with power building, but that's about it. To me, dude, you know what she feels like? Arnim Zola, before he had cards that really worked with him.
1: I think that getting this card to be an active true game-defining play might be a little too much hassle, especially when you consider what other cards are coming out this season and how good they just naturally slide into some decks.
0: Yeah, because you can't even cheat it out all that much. Like, Jubilee would be its best cheat out. But if you think about it, right? Like, uh, Lockjaw decks, like, this thing comes out, your puppy dog's dead. Like, this thing is going to kill everything on both sides. Uh, You know what? Iron Lad, honestly, would be fantastic with this card. Iron Lad kind of like Howard the Duck decks, I think is going to be really cool for it. It just feels like, and don't get me wrong, we're going to see some insane play with this. We are going to see some really cool places for it. I just feel like she's probably the worst as of now. Until we get more zero power, kind of Iron Man feeling cards, I just don't think she's going to be the best. Not saying she's going to be bad. I don't think there's a bad card this season. Listen, you know what it is? In the Loki season pass, we've got Eliath who is another five-cost card that destroys everything. And it's like, I think that just completely craps on Lady Deathstrike.
1: Oh, that's going to be one of the most insane cards ever released, in my opinion. But I actually had this thought, and this is another question for like Lady Deathstrike. And I I, I propose this to you, Cozy. So I think this counters, like, for instance, Patriot. Patriot Mystique get mangled by this. Yep. But why play this when you can just play Enchantress and effectively do the same thing? Like, it's like... I don't know. Obviously, you destroy your own cards. You can set up some synergies there, but it's like it feels like just the power is going to be a major limiting factor by design. But I don't think right now with the cards we have available, this card will have an immediately crazy impact. And if I'm wrong, I love to be wrong, but I I don't see this having the impact of, say, other cards we'll be talking about in a few moments. You know,
0: what's kind of cool, though, is if it was Patriot, Mystique, let's say Mr. Sinister, right? The Mr. Sinister would be way over that power. But if you, it would kill an order, so you would kill the Patriot, then the Mystique, and then the Sinisters would go down, and I'm pretty sure it would then destroy the Sinisters. So, like, that is kind of the cool thing about it, right? And again, I think that you can kill this thing, or you could buff this thing up more reliably than we think. I mean, heck, even the Koye! No, but uh, getting that above that power limit, I think there's going to be some room for it. Like, do Deadpool... Yeah, early on no because it's a five cost so no i don't know man i think that the the power boosting like we talked about with daken power boosting already exists in destroy in some regard so there's going to now be probably a concentrated deck with that and this is kind of your plan b in those decks than just going tall
1: yeah is there like i'm just while you were talking i was thinking is there possible like a combo like uh, nikia turn three shuri turn four Lady Deathstrike turn five into Arnim Zola? Does that even get it high enough to be really? Like, it, 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 won't clear out a, it won't clear out those lanes, will it, though?
0: Yeah, and the problem is, is it, you're killing your own car. You know what it is, dude? X23, which is going to be the next car we talk about, will be able to have you ramp her out quicker. I, I, I think that's that really, I was just thinking back to it because I'm like, oh no, would be great. But by this point, like, it, dude, ramping this stuff out would be so hard. And so naturally, we'll move on to X23. Lady Deathstrike, though. Listen, stat, I believe she's on the Stature Week with MODOK, right? I think that's correct. If you don't have, She is. If you don't have those cards, that's kind of cool. It's kind of hot. Not going to lie. That's a, that's a hot week.
1: Yeah, It is. It is. And, and Statue is going to get some synergy with Samurai that we're going to be talking about soon as well. Uh, Modok is like a like an archetype defining card. Like playing discard without Modok just feels like you're not even playing discard anymore. So yeah, I, I, would, I would absolutely agree, Cozy. And I'm excited to talk about X-23 because I don't know about you, I think this is the
0: card. Dude, we you know we kind of ranked these I think a month and a half ago. We, we got like stupid excited. We're like, she can't release this way. And guess what? She is, right? Think about it. Let's start where we kind of transition to her. Whereas, if you can get Lady Deathstrike out early by carnaging X-23, you can then play Lady Deathstrike on the lane that she's on. Hopefully, it's on a lane that you want to destroy other cards. And then you destroy her again, allowing you to keep on this ramping thing going without doing anything that extra, right? X-23 is obviously the card that everybody's excited about. And I think what it comes down to is way back even in February, in January, Noel felt like such... A force to deal with. But he never felt like you could get him out on time. You always wanted to do other things. You wanted to concentrate your efforts on destroying. Like, destroy is such a you need to do this on this turn and this on this turn. Or just maximize, uh, maximize your, your gain of killing your Deadpool. Whereas X-23 now, there's a little bit of RNG in there. But you're, it's the ultimate... Fodder card. This card is
1: so unbelievably versatile as well. Like imagine what a turn looks like with destroy. Like it completely changes the way destroy is played because you could do something like this. You can do turn one X23, turn two Wolverine, turn three deathlock, and then like blow them up. Wolverine goes whatever. He flips around, he's a four. X23 goes to another location. You ramp up the energy, and then you just play a Professor X on top of your deathlock. Like, what, like what's your opponent do? Like you, you've ramped up so much power and those cards are so like, and sorry, Deathlock is overstated for a three. It's just, it's crazy. And you never in a million years would have thought about playing destroy that way. And all of a sudden it's like, wait a minute, I can do things with destroy. I've never been able to do before.
0: Dude, that that's what it is. It's if you look at all the destroy decks out there, every single one is going to benefit, right? Nimrod destroy through the roof, getting out Nimrod early, insane. How about Thanos destroy? Incredible. You have all these stones, and you have her. You kill them all together. Bada-bing, bada-boom, things are looking pretty good. You have the Time Stone. You can start ramping. You know, obviously, the five cost Thanos decks. They exist now to a heavy degree, and this kind of builds into that. And then, if you look at, dude, all... Uh, there's so many cards on this list that just being able to ramp out a little bit early is going to be fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. I think because of the, the null thing going on with her... It's what gets me so dang excited the most, I really trying to get out Noel cheating him early or just one of the other pieces I don't know man i I really think that this card is going to offer something unique and, and really change the archetype moving forward.
1: I don't know, I'm excited. I think this is like this is the s tier card of the season. If not, this might be one of the most impactful one drops in Marvel Snap.
0: It's just gonna be a core builder, right, like even dakin Dakin's awesome, but he's not. He's offering a new way to play Destroy, whereas, like, this is going to be a core build, right? Like, this is going to be needed. It's almost like Ghost Spider and Move, whereas, like, Ghost Spider needs to be in Move decks now. It's not Spider 2099. It's not a cool thing you can do. This is going to be a card that just changes the way that you're able to now play Deadpool in a 6 cost. Or, dude, there's endless possibilities. I think Destroy is the obvious. Discard, on the other hand... It works with what we were talking about, right? You've got the uh, calling wing discard thing going on now. Swarm, Dakin, X-23. It's like, hey, take your pick uh, as long as the shard is out there. Uh, Good times ahead. Good times ahead for both archetypes.
1: Yeah, discard can only really discard it once, right? I think that like destroy can absolutely abuse it, which I think is the difference. And you know what is kind of the metric by which I determine what cards are really going to be impactful? Straight up. Cozy, get ready for this. How do I replace X-23? That's going to be the question you see on the YouTube videos. It's just and Psylocke, and Twitter. dude.
0: And it's not a good answer. No, it's not.
1: Like, you, But really, the answer is like you you can't. Like, What this card does for Destroy is not replaceable. Psylocke doesn't do what this card does for Destroy.
0: She's kind of like... You know what she is? She's the Thanos Destroy package in one card. Like, Thanos Destroy, you have Time Stone and Psylocke typically in this kind of deck. So you have a couple ways to ramp up quickly. That's just all shoved into one card, bro. And... Even like we just said, Lady Strike, We're going to talk about Silver Samurai. These cards all just feed into this synergy even more so. I'm telling you, it's going to be so refreshing having a new take on what Destroy is going to be. You have her out there, man, for freaking Galactus decks too. You can immediately you can have one space less, but you're going to have immediately that extra power. Obviously, things like Venom just build up high. The regenerative Destroy decks, pure winner from this season.
1: It's going to be wild what this card does. And if anything, it once again showcases how much more important early turns are becoming. We have had so many one-drops get released that have been immensely impactful on the meta. Kitty Pride. We have Nebula, which honestly, Nebula has been almost forgotten about. Still an absolutely insane banger card. X-23, I think, is going to be right up there with one of the most impactful one-drops ever released.
0: Absolutely, man. And our last card is going to be Silver Samurai. He's a 4-5, everybody. And he's an honor reveal each player discards the lowest power card from their hand. Now, obviously, we talked about the Shard. We talked about X-23, things you want to obviously discard if you're going with that style. They've already said, Alex, they're trying to be very careful with these kind of cards released because, well, obviously, there's, you don't want to be able to get rid of your opponent's full hand. My buddy... You know, I'm a Zabu lover. You know, there's just immediate synergy there. What do you like about Silver?
1: Yeah, you know what? Any, again, it's a Silver Surfer effect. Silver Surfer and Zabu. If there's three drops or there's four drops, we got to talk about them, how they interact with that archetype. And uh, Zabu is going to love Silver Samurai to a degree. I don't think it has. It's very niche. It's obviously extremely niche. But like, honestly, on paper, you Zabu turn, uh, turn two, Wong turn three, Silver Samurai turn four into Black Bolt turn five. What does your opponent even do? <laughs> like they have nothing. Their hand's just gone and they have to hope they top deck, I don't know, something that isn't been hasn't been discarded yet. So it's like... I think you can actually blow up your opponent's hand with Silver Samurai. I think we're pretty much there. And I I don't know. I think it's niche, but it it might actually find itself in a pretty cool disruption list. It's
0: not only that, dude. I think uh, Absorbing Man. Now with the 4-5, you play We have Zabu out on 2. You play Silver Samurai. Then you play Absorbing Man. Bang, bang. You got big power. You have 10 power on your side. And keep in mind, guys, read this carefully. Lowest power card. Lowest power. That is insane. That's a lot of... That's the Iron Man. It's like Lady Deathstrike, but before they get played, which I think is fantastic, right? And we don't know this yet, but I, my guess is the way they've been building these cards, we're going to see Silver Samurai like do his chopping motion, and we're going to see the card that we get rid of. So it's also some intel as well. I think we missed that so much with Spider-Ham that I, I when it comes to Moon Knight, we watch Moon Knight do the discard... So it would be the exact same thing. And now you have ways to do multiple ways of intel gathering and disruption.
1: Yeah, I would almost guarantee you're going to see what they discard. It would be consistent with Moon Knight. And again, like the amount of value you now generate from Stature, you're not just locked into Stature Black Bolt. Uh, You have another opportunity to get Stature out early because if you play uh, Silver Samurai in turn three and you have Zabu, on turn four, you can stature plus whatever, stature, darkhawk, stature, whatever, another four drop, right?
0: So that's pretty notable, too. Let's not go too crazy, but even just what we just said, Zabu, Samurai, Absorbing Man, right? So that we're on turn four, Absorbing Man, so you just did two. And then on five, you play, what well, you could play Black Bolt, technically on five. You've just completely neutered their hand. Now, obviously, you need to have things that are building up for yourselves, but if you just got swarm each time, tick, 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 and then you got the stature. You can also play her. All of a sudden, you're playing four swarms, six swarms, a stature. It's a new style of deck. And I really feel like Silver Samurai is being overlooked just because of it being destroy season. But I'm super excited for the card, man. Cards
1: they get overlooked often. Surprise. You just don't have to look very far. Remember Legion? I remember that card. Remember that League? card got yeah. overlooked. And look at us now.
0: <laughs> Dude, I would love for people to rank the July cards and go back and look at their early rankings. Because yeah, something like Legion, definitely surprise. Look at man, we don't have to go too much more into synergized cards with him. We can just say what we've already said with Dakin, Moongrow, Morbius, these other cards. He feels like he's going to be one of the key pieces if you want Dakin to really work into a discard build. He's that kind of missing link that gets things moving quickly, Alex. I'm, I'm pumped for the Silver Samurai.
1: I I know that he's understated by basically one point. Like you generally want four, six minimum, but I do think that the disruption that you create in your opponent's hand is going to be worth it for the most part. I I really do think it'll be worth it because you're going to be getting value on the other side. You're designing it with the Miramasa shard in mind. You're designing with swarms in mind. So you should have a disproportional benefit. So I think this card's probably being slept on, but I still think it's going to be niche.
0: If you look at all of the cards with the season pass included, guys, hell of a lineup. My advice to you is if you like Destroy a ton, you get the season pass, you save up, and you get X-23 via maybe tokens, or you go and push your luck on the spotlights that week. If you're playing discard, you get Dakin, and then you maybe go after something like Silver Samurai and X-23 together if you want to go all in on the one card. Either way, I think it's a really good season. What is your one through four here, buddy? Let's start with the, with the, with the worst card. I'm going to go Lady Deathstrike. Yeah,
1: Lady Deathstrike's definitely going to be the weakest tier, I agree. Number three. Uh, number three for me is going to be Silver Samurai.
0: Yeah, which is so crazy to think that that's the, the, there, whereas I'm guessing we could just finish with Season Pass card, Dakin, and the next 23.
1: Agreed. Yep.
0: Yep. Awesome stuff. I think Dakin might be uh, maybe a little more plug and play the next 23. We're going to have to see if his like, combo pieces work with something like Forge. But man, very exciting season ahead. Look, we said it before, July was a lot of fun. But it it wasn't like the most like sexy season. The cards were just kind of like, well, cool, right? But between this season, next season, we're in for a good time, buddy. And that brings us to our last subject, buddy, man. I feel like we could talk for hours on this whole podcast. But we've got the OTA buff, the latest one. And man, you just, they do it again. They go on the risky side of things. And like, it's funny if you compare this one to like the Invisible Woman one a couple months ago. It feels like OTAs now are something to get super excited about. We had four or five, excuse me, massive buffs happen uh, this time around that weren't like, you know, groundbreaking, but they definitely brought a lot of viability to cards that needed a little bit of love. And Alex, dude, I, listen, people think I already worked for your second dinner. I'm not helping my case by on the last OTA saying these three cards need to be fixed because Phoenix Force was, and then those are the three that ended up getting boosted. Overall impressions, man, on the OTA.
1: Uh, my first impression was no nerfs I love it I yeah. love the idea that they brought they brought the game up they brought cars that needed help up I can't get enough of just seeing buffs uh, and what I love about this too is like you bring up Captain Marvel let's, let's start there so obviously my favorite one of my favorite cards in Marvel snap like legitimately my the card I love the most
0: that I never get to play you haven't talked about her in months you haven't talked about her in months yeah Captain Marvel is like I haven't heard that since January
1: I know it's my it literally has been my favorite card in the game for the longest time one of the first videos I ever Made remote Marvel Snap was about Captain Marvel because I love the card so much, and it's funny because it just was unplayable. It was unplayable. I tried the whole like oh buffer up and this and that. Maybe she's just didn't work. And second dinner has done this a couple times. We're like if I was a game designer and I was like oh you know what I'll just add a power to it. Like there's so many obviously oh just add a power. I'd make it a five seven whatever right. And they were so much better at saying you know what no no let's let's give Captain Marvel a specific slice of this meta. Drop her to four. Going from a 4, sorry, a 5-6 to a 4-5 is not, it's like that's a straight up buff. The Zabu synergy is insane. And the ability is wild. It's just wild. I, this this change to me completely reinvigorated my desire to play like inventive Zabu based decks.
0: So tell me this. If you were to give her, I want to do this for each of the OTA cards. What tier was she in before the buff and what is she in now? F tier through S tier.
1: I would say that she was D tier. She was D tier, not F tier. She was definitely in the D tier. Yep. I feel like now she's like in, she's in A and she's like tapping on the S. Like okay. she's like,
0: hey, S, I'm here. That's my, that's my exact nose outside of, I have her just like comfortably in A. I don't have her like going your S tier territory. But my gosh, dude, playing her down on three with the Zabu is insane. I will say she can be a bit awkward sometimes. Like I feel like I can always play her late. You know what I mean? Like when it's turn three and I have a rock slide in her, I'm like, well, I'm just going to play Rock Slide. Like, why would I play her now? Or I can wait on her. And then sometimes I get my other pulls and I don't play her. But I have to tell you what you said about the flexibility changes is awesome. And we say this a lot, Alex, where it's like her best days are ahead of her. But I think they are because right now we're in this lockdown and not just Storm, but like Pro X, like extreme lockdown. Whereas once that kind of dips a little bit more, her flying around is going to be better in these less flood decks and, and lockdown. I agree. D tier to A tier, man. Definitely feels a lot more plug and playable.
1: Uh, and she can be used on turn six. Like, I think you're right. You, you always play Rock Slide first because of the disruption it provides. I think that's key. But she can be played on turn six. Like, your turn six couldn't literally be Shung Dark Cop, Captain Marvel, right? Like, it's just, it's crazy because she provides you with a lot of added utility. She does have some counterbalance because as, as you mentioned, like the lockdown-based decks, like, like Prof X can't do anything. Need a baby shark for that. Spider-Man though, she flies into that location. She doesn't care. Death's Domain, she doesn't care. There's, it gives you a lot of, uh, you know, uh, Storm. She doesn't care. Flooded locations don't bother Captain Marvel. So she does give you a lot of added versatility. The one thing where I found, like I kind of forgot about, is she often forces you to not play four wide which can be tricky on turn six, because you're like, huh, I kind of want to throw a card here, but if I do, Cap can't fly here. And it can sometimes make your board balance a little awkward, especially since like she's committing a spot on the location at that turn, which can be awkward. So it, it does take a macro level consideration, but ultimately I, I love the card. And I think this is a huge winner.
0: I'm glad you brought that up because I, I have an insane deck. I've been, uh for those that I've been extremely under the weather. Have, I've had some uh, health stuff pop up. So I've been gone if you're wondering where my deck guides are. Uh, but I have an insane deck that I've been playing with her while I've been sick. And it, it's kind of insane. Now, it uses Sarah. And it's one of those decks where it's like, yeah, you want to pop the Mysterios and all this down. But you have to be so careful with plugging up your side of the board. I feel like for her, though, it the craziness of just being... You know what it did? It made Jeff a little less good. Not like Jeff's not insane now you have like more ways to get to these lockdown locations or ways just to kind of help buff your side up. The Shang-Chi play with her, absolutely incredible. Held even Craven got himself a little bit of a boost up because of her. Nailed it. Nailed it so much so that I feel like maybe, just maybe, they didn't do our boy Vision the ultimate justice. Now, I'm not saying I don't think Vision's buff was great, but let's go ahead and rank him where he was and where he is now. Alex... Would you agree with me? He's also probably was a D tier. I would maybe lean towards C. Maybe, I played Vision more than other people.
1: I still liked Vision. I still thought he was okay. I still played him in like Lockjaw decks. I still played him like uh, in Ramp decks even, honestly, because I thought he was a fun turn five, a turn four, sorry. But like, yeah, I would say he was probably C, maybe getting close
0: to D. He was right there on the edge for me, and now he's either remained towards the top end of that tier, so he's like... The top end of C or the low end of B, just with the power point. I will say his presence is a bit more noticeable. Shuri decks, obviously, the 516 is fantastic. And the Lockjaw decks is is really his home, I feel like. Cheating him out, moving him, having 8 power is is fantastic. But it's just by comparison. Uh, uh, To me, with Vision, what I wanted more of is to enhance his mind games a bit more. And to me, and I'm not saying I don't love these changes... But I thought we were going to see Captain Marvel get a boost up in power and Vision go down one. And that way you can move Vision around a lot more, maybe abuse his mechanic for Craven and other cards, and keep your opponent, you know, maybe unsurprised, play with priority. And then Captain Marvel is supposed to be a win more card, and you just, or not a win more, but she helps you win the game. And then they do that by increasing her power Every that's that's how I thought I probably would have handled the change, but that's uh, just me.
1: I like that idea, like Captain Marvel maybe going to like five seven, and it was the Vision being the four or five. That yep. is that is kind of interesting. I wonder if that steps on the toes of Phoenix Force a bit. Like I wonder if they were trying to protect Phoenix Force because Phoenix Force got dropped down to four and can move every single turn if it's destroyed something. Yeah, because the reactivation
0: where- of the the honor reveal, I feel like there's enough with her to make it unique enough. But yeah, I I I get it. I do get it. It just felt like Vision. If Vision was in the Invisible Woman patch, we would have been like, oh, cool. A PowerPoint, we'll take it. I think it's just by comparison.
1: Yeah, I, I, for what it's worth, I do think this card's good. Yeah. I actually do like yeah. it. It's just not great. Like, it's, not, it's not a combo breaker. It's just not the card that's going to be like, oh, damn, I got to retreat. Like, it, it just no, doesn't use Vision's do
0: on the board. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. the Vision's, oh, we're done. It, it doesn't. But what I will tell you is there's a lot of games where Vision comes out, and I'm like, Damn. Like, Vision. Like, he can go there, and I can't do anything about it, right? Yeah. And I actually think this could have went to 5'9", because mm-hmm. the Sean Cheeble factor, he moves. He moves. Like, I think the
0: 5'9 isn't as much a disadvantage. At the end of the day, I want a wheel a snap with the guy. He's a lot better than people lean on. I just don't think this change is going to have people being like, man, I'm slotting in Vision now. He's going to be my card. If Lockjaw goes up again, or Ramp continues to push in unique ways, that's where Vision's going to get the play. Next up on the OTA, we had ourselves Absorbing Man. And Absorbing Man, I think, is, you know, man, he, he's still the same role in a sense of the win more in times. And you, gotta, you get a little bit greedy. But, dude, five power is five power. And that's a significant difference. I think it's going to be about a month before we see the best Absorbing Man deck. But man, you know I'm a combo guy. This was where I was just giddy at to begin with. I love the change.
1: I I do too. The power is very significant, and it it kind of still just feels like absorbing man though. Like it like it feels less risky to play. But like the has been absorbing man stuff still kind of sucks. It's still like your thirty five percent win rate meme stuff. But I think there is potential for that kind of deck to be elevated because of the added power that's that's being achieved by absorbing man. So like. I don't think we're there yet. I think you're right. We need another month with this card. But, but it's one of those cards that when given the opportunity, it's going to really shine. Because it has one of the best on reveals in the game. Like, literally, it's one of the best abilities in the game. What was this tier before? What is it? Man, he was close to F for me. Like, he was close to F for me. And it's a shame because, like, he shouldn't be. This is a great ability. Now I feel like he is, like, low C. And I feel like if I can figure him out, then he jumps up to, like, A.
0: Mine was bottom of D, and he's kind of towards the top of C, maybe low into B this time around. I think the Brood synergy works the best for him. And the cool thing is, we now have a card like Zabu and Surfer that's like, he's always going to get benefit in some way with these on-reveal cards, and we just have to see. Like, the Lady Deathstrike example is a pure obvious, like, wow, that's going to be fantastic, trying to pair that up. Or if you have Eliath, and then you play him on 6 with Shang-Chi, whatever. I think there's some cool places for him in the future. Black Panther stuff has not been... I I think ramp decks are his best friend now because you also have the power to make up for it. So I like it. I think he's good. I think he's going to continue to get good. And those of you that are big combo players like myself, rejoice. Good stuff there. We have Hulkbuster. We kind of already touched on him. Nice change. I think he'll work in the decks that he's going to work in, right? And a nice little boost up. Let's end on a card that I think both of us... Man, we've had him in our must-be-buffed, terrible card. Nobody played him. In fact, if you go look at stats on him before, he, the buff, he was literally at a 0%. Like, there was not enough data on who played this card. What do we think of Hawkeye?
1: Hawkeye got a massive buff. Like, massive. I think that it really helped elevate Bounce quite a bit. Uh, bounce got nerfed, it got attacked. Kitty Pride's uh, ceiling got reduced. And now Hawkeye kind of comes in and says, hey, I'm here. I can put up power. Actually, a lot of power. Like, I can near compete with Kitty Pride. A little more susceptible to Killmonger because he's kind of just sitting there sometimes just waiting to get smoked. But I, I like the card. I like the change. And uh, ultimately, like, if 1-4 is not enough, then, like, this is where the card stops. You can't make it 1-5, right? Like, this is, where, this is where it has to end. But like, honestly, it's a shadow buff to Falcon, uh, Hawkeye turn one, Falcon turn two is not only the best, it's not like the best way to use Falcon, but it is a way to use Falcon because then now you get to play Hawkeye again, you follow it up. It's kind of crazy how much power Hawkeye can put up when being bounced back and forth.
0: Yeah. So, uh, you know, listen, when the, when the OTAs came out, I didn't realize I'd be sick and miss a couple of days of content, but I, I knew everyone was going to do Captain Marvel. I knew that was the hot deck to make. And I was like, wait a second. Let me concentrate on Hawkeye Bounce. Let me really play this card out and see how it feels. Dude, I love it. You don't even have to play Falcon on two because you can end up building it up and then you play him a little bit later. Now, he is like the ultimate one drop on six that if you get him or you want to play him, it's like, hey, well, worthless card right here. But man, the fact that you can make him like a 110 potentially with the craziest things happening to him is awesome. And and, and talk about a new Bass card. That is so incredibly valued, right? You have a 1-6 if you get Bass to go off on this. You bounce him, you get that up to a 1-9, man. A 1-9 is better than Kitty Pride by a good amount, right? So, hey, all I'm saying is Hawkeye now has cemented himself probably in bounce decks. You just have to, It's a, you know what it is? It made bounce decks even harder to play. You have to be a little bit more wise on your bounce backs and when you do what. But I love the addition of Hawkeye. This feels like the perfect buff.
1: It does feel like a great buff, and uh, one thing I'll say, a long, long time ago, we talked about turn one and two combos, and I remember saying, you know what you can do? You can play Hawkeye into mid-location, then play Medusa, and then, that's not that bad power. Well, Medusa got buffed, Hawkeye got buffed. If you turn one to Medusa-Hawkeye, that's like not an insignificant amount of power Nine in two turns in that middle-location. That's, that's like really kind of crazy if you think about it. That's one it. Like, less that's than basically if zero. I was just gonna say it's one less than Emmy Maw Zero, and you can play these cards after turn three. <laughs> dude,
0: yeah. It, it, what, a, what a time to be alive in Marvel Snap. We're talking about Hawkeye and Medusa, you know, meta top tier <laughs> combos over here. I really, dude, I think it's crazy how one PowerPoint can really bring up a card to the next tier, man. Just excited to see. The next OTA. Good OTAs. Great season ahead. Guys, get ready for Destroy if you like it. I'm excited for this next topic,
1: and we're going to be talking about our favorite cards of this past season. July was an interesting season. Cozy. Phoenix Force, underwhelmed. So we had to rely on the collection itself to get us through the season, get us to Infinite, get us those Infinity Borders and whatnot and so there were some cards that really stood out amongst the rest. So you know, in, in no particular order, we're going to go through some of the cards that we think are some absolute shiners from this past season. Cozy, I'll let you launch us off here with some of your favorite cards of this past season.
0: I thought we were doing one cost and going up. We do this every time. I really, we're doing one cost and going up? Are we? I can do that if you want to do one cost I, going I, up. I could quote. I could quote us every time we have this. We're like, we're like, we're going to do random order, and then we're like, well, I thought we'd do it. And no, I had it from one cost. Listen. I, you sp- I'm going to spring something on you and tell me if you like this. I was looking through the cost, right? And I think there's always one obvious one. And then there's one like, this is kind of a hot pick, right? Sure. I want to ask you, because you, you know what I mean? We're always like, well, like how to ignore Zabu and costs? So starting in one cost, give me your like definite, this is just the meta pick. And then this is like my sleeper kind of Alex favorite card pick this season.
1: I would say Kitty Pride's probably the card of July.
0: Okay, that was okay. So that was mine too. We both have the same favorite one cost. How do you not, right? Kitty Pride, even with the rework. What's your Alex pick? My Alex pick would have been the original
1: rendition of Spider Ham. Yep. But that's a cheat. That's a cheat. Honestly, I still think Iceman's still amazing. I think it completely destroyed Bounce. It was a great counter card. Why are you getting it all worked out?
0: That was up? mine. You went two for two on it. You know what I was going to say? Because of the move of Spider Ham. Iceman just feels good again to play in a sense. But not only that, there's so many combo decks. So you still feel like now, Alex, that when you hit that one off or when I have an Iceman played against me, I'm like, damn, that really took me off of my curve and what I'm trying to do, right? So... Hey, we're about—we haven't matched each other in a while on this, so yeah, I'm proud of us, man. Look at us having the same one cost.
1: Yeah, and a reminder that I mean, obviously, we don't share these in advance. We we do this kind of on the fly because we obviously I didn't even realize we we're doing the one through six. I, you're right. Now that you mention it, we do this every time, every single month. You're like Alex; it's supposed to be every like every cost, and I never show up with it. Why do I like? Okay, next season, guys, I promise. Hold me to it. Next season, I'm showing up. Proper with the one two six costs picked and ready to go. <laughs>
0: Let's get the two costs, buddy. What's your meta choice for like really like the, just a big shaker in the two costs?
1: It has to be Zabu. Zabu has been absolutely the card that's carried. Um, but I will. I got to throw some shade at Zabu. I feel like it's oh man. I need your opinion. I need your opinion because I know there's there's different different areas of opinion here. I think that when I'm playing Zabu, especially in the current decks, I'm playing Chavez, too because. Zabu not pulling Zabu on two feels like a lose condition in a mirror match when they have it on two. It's just Zabu coming out on two feels so important right now.
0: Right now, especially because it, it, what it is is like because you're getting the threes, and there's now that like Marvel's out there, there's so many more three plays that are like feel more important. And then, like, if you pull him on three, you're like, you just feel awkward. And then your three, your fours are now fours. And then you're like, well, what do I do here? Do I even play him, or do I just play the four on four? Right? Like, there's so many things that messes up the flow. And so I do agree, he feels much more imperative to play on two. But he is kind of the shiner. I mean, my MVP is Jeff. Again, he's that the X23 of this season. Of like, who do you replace him with? Nobody, right? Nobody until. September, uh, the end of this month, he'll be able to be uh be uh, for free, or not free, but he he'll be in the spotlight, to cash, right? Jeff to me is just the card that's in every single deck. And when I'm building mine, I'm like, I'm gonna put him in because why would I not? The meta doesn't help his play because you need to have him because of the lockdown stuff. Marvel, maybe Captain Marvel maybe it brought him down a, a touch on those lockdown locations. But yeah, now as far as kind of my my more off pick. I get it. It's a brand new card. Man, I don't know if you have dipped into Mirage, but she's awesome. I, I love, man, getting a Zabu from the opponent and getting like a 2-4 Zabu. I, I underestimated the plus two power. I like it a lot, man. I'm finding a lot of uses for a 4-8 a Iron Lad. And it, it just, maybe it's because of the other decks out there right now. But in bounce decks, particularly in Devil Dino, Mirage gets my pick.
1: I like Mirage. My experimentation with Mirage has been very positive. It feels wild in like Quinjet, Moon Girl style decks, yeah. especially with Devil Dice. For like, they're just it just builds itself, right? And I often find myself with that extra two power. Like if they play a card, I'm just like. The two extra power often makes many cards feel more attractive, especially when they're quinjet as well, right? So I'm often playing what she pulls.
0: Dude, I did a play where it was Machine World, and I found a way to essentially play a Demon in there, and I was like, oh, I'm giving him a Demon. But then I played Mirage, and I got a 1-8 back. Like, there's ways to... Now, that's astronomical location luck and stuff, but she just... she works, man. And she gives you a nice curve, because it's typically a low card, too. So you know what? You can play on three if you didn't get good curve. Powers, there you know, you have things like uh, it, there's just a lot of cards with value. Mysterio, you know, it, it's awesome. Mirage is a good card. What is your kind of Alex pick for two cost?
1: I mean, for two cost, one card that uh, you know, over the last week or two, I've been trying to experiment with a little more because I feel like it's it's good and it completely fell off the meta Is is going to be Lizard. And the reason why I say this is because you're playing a lot more Enchantress now. So if they don't have ongoings and like you can just play the Enchantress on top of the Lizard, Shuri, Red Skull, you know, Sauron uh, decks are coming back. Zero, we talked about Zero being an amazing card and Lizard benefits from that. But mainly it's been like, huh, if you don't have Jeff, right? A lot of people don't have Jeff and you're playing like these Darkhawk decks with uh, Shang-Chi, Zabu... Enchantress, then Lizard's a very viable option because you can literally play the Lizard and the Enchantress and not even worry about it.
0: Yeah, he's just he's great, man. He has no, he's a 2-5. He's just a 2-5 early game. You get the priority going, which is what's so fantastic about him. And then like, yeah, what he's always been good at you kind of force your opponent to play in this lane to get him down, but then you have ways to get rid of it and I even saw you do that in the Conqueror's event. Uh, Yeah, I love Lizard. I think he's definitely finding his place kind of back and that could be because of Shuri and Zero kind of getting their way back and Enchantress, he naturally kind of goes with that group and rises up with them. But I like the pick, solid pick, Alex. Going to three cost, buddy, what is your meta pick? My meta pick at three cost is going to be Killmonger. Killmonger feels like
1: it has been absolutely just just a slayer of beasts in, like, in the meta. like It just takes down so many... It's still... It's going to... Okay... Killmonger is going to drop off a bit because I think armor is going to be very important yeah, in the next my, coming season. Yep. There's an early pick for a riser. <laughs> that's my now. number one pick. So I'm excited. <laughs> to yeah, talk exactly. About hey, hey, spoilers. Um, We agree there too. But yeah, so I do think Killmonger might take a step back at that point. But right now, like, dude, I'm seeing people like trying to play she decks with the Sunspot just sitting there. Just sitting there. I'm like, what are you? Th- Killmonger doesn't exist. Like, how is it possible that you think that I'm not going to play Killmonger?
0: The thing is, it's like, even with armor, he's still so insane because they have to play it in the lane. They play the one cost. They have to draw it. They have to play it on turn two, which is now a card or a turn that has a lot of significance, right? Like, you can't just be playing armor willy-nilly. And on top of that, you also have... She doesn't flow with every deck, like bounce decks, for instance, and you have to make sure that, well, you can't play her in two. Well, maybe you can, but then you bounce her back... Killmonger is always just going to be such insane value. Again, him, Shang-Chi, they're kind of the they control the meta in a lot of ways just with their ability and power. Like the pick for me, I, I did have to go with the Silver Surfer just because of all of the three cost OTAs and all of the three cost uh, new cards that we, we got, including the new one coming out. Uh, but this is for this last season. How do you not say the Surfer? I know you would have if you didn't say Killmonger. I think we could do those interchangeably. What is your Alex pick? Three costs. Well, you just stole my Alex pick, damn it. What do you think I was going to say next? <laughs> I thought this was more of the meta pick, but I like—I get it, man. You, you got to go with both. I, I hear you.
1: Yeah. I mean, if I'm going to reach into third place now, if we're going to the bronze medal, it's going to be Venom. I mean, Destroy has had a resurgence in the meta, and nothing does what Venom does. And that plus two power that it got in that OTA has made a huge difference. In fact, that might be one of the most impactful OTA changes that we've seen in the longest time. Like, that OTA change rose Venom and rose disc. Uh, destroy completely and so i do think that venom has been a card like you you can't play destroy without venom right now in my opinion
0: yeah you know what it's i feel like three cost man there's just there's not a lot of bad ones like they're just there's so many winners in this field they're like so much so that like things like even captain america they're just like oh they stand out a bit more right you know i would say mine's probably magic i think the change that they did to her you know what man it's just cool i get like there's a lot of things to counteract this with legion but it just made there feel like there's a whole nother type of deck and playstyle, and or just more fun combos and games and interactions and location disruptions, less RNG. I love it. I think the Magic change was my favorite OTA we've had yet, just because of what it reintroduced into Snap. So this is my cozy pick of a card here. Going into forecast, Alex. I think we could both agree on it, but the the meta pick.
1: Oh, it's Darkhawk. How it do you not say? It has to be. Yeah. yeah.
0: It's always gonna be Dark
1: Hawk. I mean, it's just it, it does so many amazing things, like the natural disruption that the, the Dark Hawk style deck, like that package provides with the Korg, the Rock Slide, I think is, is good. It's notable. It works so well in multiple different versions of those types of decks. Like you have the stature black bull version, you have the more meta version now with Legion and etc. That you saw at the Conquerors event. But overall, it's just it goes vertical. It's it feels fair because it is susceptible to both Shang-Chi and Enchantress, which is why a lot of decks are running both. Now with Zabu, but like, honestly, like this card. Oh my gosh. I know I've said this before, but there was a wise man named cozy snap. The one said, if you had bought dark Hawk on day one for 6,000 tokens, the best 6,000 tokens you've ever spent. And that's after he's already been nerfed. This card has been remarkable for months and months and it still remains. So besides strong guy, what
0: is your kind of fun pick?
1: Besides strong guy, okay. If you're gonna make me go fun, I you know what, I'm gonna say Shuri. Honestly, uh, Shuri oh. I think is no, no, no. That's too meta. No, no, I'm taking it back. Yeah, I was like, no, no, that's meta Now Shuri, pick. you're really digging deep in the fun I pick. I know, I know. Okay, hold on, hold on. Let's go. Let's rewind that back. Okay, first of all, Shuri is good. I think it, it needs some respect. But my actual fun pick is Crystal because Crystal's been oh a card that I've been playing. It's way better than people think it is because in Ronin disrupt. Listen, I've been playing it with Ronin and with Double Dinosaur. You, it's it, you win, win. Like yeah. you literally you draw into their hand, you get a buff. You draw into your hand, you get a buff. Oftentimes, like I just assume my opponent always has their cards anyway. Who cares? They're always assume they always have their combo. Just make sure you have your combo. Do the thing that you're trying to do. I've been liking Crystal, honestly.
0: Is the Captain Marvel buff too too soon for you to put her in there? Yeah, I'm I'm excluding Captain Marvel. Yeah, I got to go with Mr. Negative. Just this was his season, right? Like this was the biggest season we saw with him for ages. I like since the early early days of Snap. And I don't want to discount that. I I think if Darkhawk wasn't in there, he would be my winner. Man, it's cool to have a bit more dependability for a super fun... I know he's not your favorite, bro, but say what you will, like, so satisfying. Obviously, the player base thinks so. He was by the largest margin I have ever seen of a play deck on stats. Like, 55,000 games played. Like, it was such a nutty... It was some stupid stat line with Mr. Negative this season. So he's definitely a a big winner on my side here. Uh, Five cost man... If five cost always is tough. I think it's always tough. And I think we might have different answers here for me. I, I don't
1: want to say it because I know it pisses people off, but it's Spider-Man. Spider-Man for me felt I like think that it, uh, I think that's
0: good. I think that's a good card. Dude. Uh,
1: it, it, it's good. That's the problem. It's good. But like that locked location, lockdown, like it, it's been showing up in Surfer. Obviously it's showing up in Thanos. It's showing up everywhere. And that ability to lock down a location is extremely disruptive. It's extremely powerful. And, it's just, I feel like the meta has been defined right now with lockdown and at, at five cost you have multiple lockdown cards, which I'm not going to say, cause I don't want to steal one just in case you want to save one of them, but you have these lockdown cards that are really impacting players' abilities to play and Spider-Man is definitely one of them.
0: Yeah. I'm curious how Marvel fits in and solves that problem. Cause if they just play that, then, you know, Marvel can fly over there and help, you know, it's funny. I still think his nerf sucked and I still think that he needs to have some other identity the reason why he's being played over X in some cases is that you can obviously play a card in that lane too, right? Like that's what's so nice about it. Uh, yeah, dude, Legion is obviously the pick that I had. You're about to mention him as like the meta-defining card this month in the five-cost slot. We saw it on Conquerors event. The guy was in every single deck list. The swings in conquest alone is just so massive. Eight power, who cares? That's enough, man. He's good enough to play on turn six. There's ways that you can manipulate him. Uh, how do you not love Legion as a card, man? great variance cool play good variants of play I love him man he's exciting and, and I'm glad he's a great addition to Marvel snap
1: I, I love him too. He was going to be my like Alex fun pick, right? Okay. Cause like, even though he's competitive and capable, like I have loved playing this card. I, I don't think there's been a new release. I've played as much as consistency as Legion. Like I've been playing this card nonstop. Like it's just, I love it. It's such a great design. Kudos to uh, second dinner for coming up with something legitimately creative that was honestly slept on in, in initial kind of reads of the card. Right. So yeah, it's, it's great. And if I'm going to go three G uh, three deep into bronze again, because you know, we're talking about Legion, <laughs> we just, I, I'm, it's going to be devil dinosaur i still love devil dinosaur like it's not in the greatest spot right now because of the prevalence of shang chi and enchanters like i don't think it's as competitive as it can be but for me it's a feel-good card like this is just me saying a feel-good card it's it's devil dinosaur because mirage came out i do like mirage too and it naturally works there it just lets me play. like when i need to play a deck just for fun i i turn to the devil dinosaur colson style decks and uh i just love dino
0: yep uh, You know, I I think this season, it was a close pick. Sarah, Iron Man, both felt like cards I played a lot and I leaned on heavily. I'll probably give the edge to Sarah just because of the magic buff. Felt like I could play Sarah a lot more and even capitalize more off of their, them playing magic than them playing the magic themselves. I th- that was such a cool thing uh, to be able to capitalize on. Sarah Miracles on its way up, obviously Surfer, these st- uh, style of decks. My bronze, like deep, deep bronze medal though, As far as like a riser goes to leech man, this guy made his way back a little bit and he's definitely an impact card in a combo rich meta that we're in. So I think this is a cool, listen, never would I thought I was toting his horn, but I would also say never did. I think we needed leech more in, in some of these greedy style of decks. He's not a fun card, but man he, he, he he's gonna have his role of importance no
1: it, he was really fascinating in those Shinot decks because yep. it kind of defended the uh, the magic because if like they're holding a storm yep. then all of a sudden storm gets zapped and then storm can't do anything and it, it was really neat from that perspective and it's not that's exactly what that card should do though it should have that niche application where like it doesn't just it's not just a feel bad card you play anytime you want and destroy your opponent's ability to play their cards which is what it was before Yep. It's being played intelligently for a specific reason and it's doing that job, which is really cool. I love that pick, Hoys. That's very nice. Very good pick.
0: Thanks, buddy. A six costs here. Let's go ahead and wrap it up. What do you what do you say for the card pick?
1: You know what? I know there's gonna be people that disagree, but for me, I, I mentioned it before. I think it's Chavez. I, I find myself adding Chavez to more decks. I in my Zabu competitive base decks, I I add Chavez back. I, I made cuts on other spots. Like I it's crazy like in the the tournament I cut Luke Cage from the meta you know Zabu based deck to include Chavez because I wanted Zabu more often I'll take the four or five percent more often all day of the week
0: yeah the, here's the thing you know when you have pro players only playing with Chavez it, it's an obvious sign that it's a good card you just want to do one thing well. And be consistent, and like there's combo rich stuff, and there's consistent. I didn't even like Luke Cage in that in that deck. By the way, I saw him all over. I'm like, I get it, the high Evo counter, but like you didn't need to have him. Chavez. The only time Chavez feels bad is when you're missing a car going into six, and of course you're like, oh, there's Chavez, but like you still have a nine power play, right? So it's not like the worst thing in the world. I like the pick. I also feel like you're going to make up for the last Snapchat for getting Thanos, and I thought maybe you are going to mention him. That's fair enough. Um, my pick is going to be She-Hulk. I, I think it was so cool, and, and you notice a lot of these go back to Magic, but to have like such a rise in a card in what She-Hulk, She-Hulk fell massively from Grace after the wave adjustment. Massively. And now, you have a reason to play player again. You have a massive one at that, getting the big power slams. I would put this as my cozy card. I wanted to sneak in another card here. I would agree. Chavez feels good. Thanos feels good. All those cards feel pretty solid. I'm gonna lead us into our fun picks here. Brother, have you joined the tribunal train? I have. I enjoy it. It's, I think it's, it's good. It's so fun, dude. It's so and dude, it wins. I won an infinity conquest with it. He wins. He's a win card.
1: Yeah, because people don't like people don't account for Living Tribunal. Like it is probably one of the ultimate surprise cards right now where like no one's doing the math where I'm like, they might have tribunal. Like no one ever is thinking that at all. So it's really cool from that perspective. And uh, you know, it's it's cool. I, I didn't think that the buff was gonna do that much for him, but it did. It did. It it, it lifted him just enough. It's I a think, lockdown meta him-
0: we're in. Like if it's a destroy meta yeah. next next time, we're screwed because like I don't think he can get that high. But right now, people are just trying to cheat the lane, which means uh, usually below nine power, which means you can play yeah. him. But So this is his time if you want to play him.
1: Yeah, because what they're doing is they're throwing down the Profex on turn four after the ramp, and then they're just going super vertical in the other lane, right? And they're like, well, do they have Jeff? I don't know. But they're never going to account for uh, the Living Tribunal, which trades the location they're giving up. What is your last fun card in the segment? The fun card for me is going to be Infinite. Now, I know you're like, hey, Alex, come on. Infinite, really? Infinite? So... With magic being changed, I found myself more often being able to confidently skip turn six. Well, why is that? Because I would play magic on turn three and then I would legion the magic limbo location. I'm like, well, you don't have like Scarlet Witch, you know, Reality Stone and Storm in your deck. So I'm definitely going to turn seven here. And that would allow me to confidently play the Infinite She-Hulk on turn seven. And you know what? Some people may not even realize this. Infinite actually got some VFX work done and actually has a, a new kind of like splash when he lands. He highlights when he's available to be played. I just, you know, what it was fun for me being able to play Infinit again. This was a card I feel like I had not touched in a long time. I never played it. Maybe got discarded by, you know, Dracula or whatever. But for me, Infinit came uh, came back this season and it was great.
0: Takes you back to the good old days of Snap. Right. Uh, I feel like for Infinit, the coolest thing is that if you're not doing this, start doing it, guys. The reason why something like Psylocke is in these kind of decks is not just because of adding the extra energy. When you play Silock down on four and you skip five, it's a full six power. Then you get a free She-Hulk and the Infinite play. Dude, it's so sweet. It is such a cool play to pull off. Finally being able to play both of those with the right amount of skip. Really cool stuff. I like the Infinite pick. It's fun that we both picked these kind of turn seven cards with She-Hulk and the Infinite together. So good favorite cards this season, man. That was a... A spicy and fun list. And Cozy, that's going to bring us to our
1: next point of discussion, which is the Marvel Snap Development Roadmap. Now, Marvel Snap has released a new roadmap, which is going to feature essentially what's coming soon, what's in development, and what's in concept for the game going forward. Now, I love that they do this. And uh, what they have listed here, for those that are listening onto to our audio, uh, we have the PC launch coming soon. We have Twitch drops coming soon. We have the card upgrade improvement seasonal audio, Conquest polish, the infinite rank remap revamp sorry and then we have global matchmaking phase one now these are all very significant changes for Marvel snap let's start with the coming soon here cozy with regards to coming soon what is the one that really stands out to you as the one that you are most looking forward to
0: yeah so I feel like this roadmap may not be like the most exciting maybe for like the casual player but I love how it says conquest polish because this to me was like the polish roadmap right like we're getting a lot of things that now that they can finally move on from hopefully getting card acquisition right in the, the PC launch. Bro, I don't know if you know this. They have been putting so much of their VFX teams towards this PC launch. I'm just glad it's out. Because now we're going to be able to have like kind of more of that fun VFX changes come into the game again. with You know, like so much so that we didn't get Mirage or Legion with an animation. And I think that's because they're just full guns blazing. Uh, so obviously PC launches is absolutely massive. A lot of big W's here. A couple of like, mm, I I said this before, I think Conquest Polish could have been a bit more towards the reward side, just a tad, and replayability. I wanted to see the Infinity Conquest get a bit more love. I think you had a little bit of staleness as far as avatars go this season, and it's only going to snowball, so I want to see more of that. Uh, But dude, this is a good list. I'm excited.
1: For me, the thing that really stands out is the PC launch. Like, I've am i been talking about this for months and months. Like, I feel like we can go one of the original Snapchats. I'm like, the thing I'm most excited about, widescreen UI, PC launch. Like, that stuff is huge. It's huge. And I think they're going to nail it because, I mean, even during the Conquerors event, uh, Mr. Ben Brode was talking about how it's coming along and, like, his impressions of it. They love it. They love it internally.
0: Yeah, he said so much so. He didn't want to say it. You could tell. Did did, did you notice he goes, it was like it was mint. It was like... It's really good for the game. Like, he wanted to say it was like it was meant to always be this way, but obviously, I don't think he, like, can or wanted to say that per se, right? Bro, that I'm so glad we waited. And the thing with how Marvel Snap works is I feel like they launch stuff and then they build upon it, kind of like Conquest. So, even as this first rendition, I don't even think it's gonna be like the final, final product. I think we're gonna continue to build up on like little features for it over time. And we now, I, do, I saw so many comments on this, I wanna address it. It being on Steam now, guys, it doesn't mean it's PC. It is. It is. Pretty much just your phone that you're playing on a computer monitor. That's really all it is at the current moment.
1: Yeah. And they, they didn't advertise the launch on PC at all. It was never like on the Steam, like kind of front page. They, they kind of just silently launched onto the PC marketplace into early access. Like, and if they get the proper widescreen UI and they're ready to go and it's a 1.0 launch, like I, I guarantee, like I'm not going to say I guarantee, but you know, they're going to be advertising. You know, there's going to be a big push. And that's why they're trying to correct like the collection based system. They're trying to do all these small things to improve the player experience for the new influx of players that will be coming in on this massive PC launch. And I, this is by far the most exciting thing for me.
0: Yeah, I kind of wish and listen, there's always going to be backlash on this. I get it because you didn't get it, but they do whatever. They need to come up with something to move the pace along for newer players. Like they need to have that even though the rest of everyone else didn't get to do that. Like there needs to be something there that kind of accelerates it. Maybe when you get to pool three, have the natural pool one and two learning curves but for Pool 3, you need to have something that helps out there, and, and I was wishing that was in this, because there is going to be a large influx of new players because of PC launch. I think their marketing is going to be wild. I think they're going to really push for what is the second launch of the game, if you will. It's funny, man. I keep thinking about the battles, and I said this to, uh, to Snaps or Dexter, it's, for me, man, the, the collection screen here, whether they do, like, a cover flow or, like, you can really expand your cards, like... Man, the art and visual do so well with this. So I think this is going to just be tenfold of what it is now. It has me pumped.
1: Yeah, you're right. I mean, the the visual style of Marvel Snap is so good. It's a damn shame that we've been playing this game in a way that is like on PC. And it's like, it doesn't showcase anything. It doesn't do it justice. And my phone sucks. My phone is terrible. And so like, it doesn't look good on my phone. I got to play on like low settings and stuff. And it's, it's, trust me. So like, I'm actually super, super pumped for this PC launch. I'm actually super pumped to something else, Cozy. What is it? And I think this is really cool that Marvel Snap's doing this. I'm going to call it this the Twitch Drops is actually huge. This is really cool. And I, I mean, it, it kind of stems from the Conqueror's event as well. I'm excited to see Marvel Snap second dinner and, uh, you know, and of course others, like reaching out to do much more community-centric events, somewhat just like uh, live stream events, things along those lines. And Twitch Drops is a huge part of that and Cozy. I think there's a couple places that
0: you just might be able to get your Twitch drops. Where would that might be? It would be the Alex Kocha stream, my friend. Yeah, listen, go check out Alex Kocha's stream, and if you haven't, guys. He, he's even more of a ball of energy than here, and I love it. I have to say this, man, and I've seen it in other games. How cool would it be is, like, maybe they have, like, 10 variants, and they, they kind of just kind of pass them throughout the streamers, right? So, like, if you watch Alex Kocha, you can get the Chavez one, or if you get whatever, like... There's a lot because of the way variants work and there's billions of them to give out. That's where I want to see them hone in. Like, I don't want it to be like 250 credits if you watch your favorite streamer. No, I want I, I want there to be this cool, like something that identifies with the streamer. I don't know. There's a lot of room for improvement here, man, for sure. That's an
1: amazing idea, but not what I expected. to say cozy. Damn it. Come on now. Where is a place that people are going to be able to go to get Twitch drops, my friend. We need a URL. We need a Twitch streamer who might not be streaming right now, who's going to be streaming in the near future. Cozy, where can people go to get some Twitch drops?
0: Listen, Cozy Gamer is what I go on on Twitch because of the Conquerors event and just like reignited. Listen, there was a mixture between, if you guys don't know where I came from before Snap, I used to stream every day and it was my favorite form of content. And then my baby came and I realized I had to pick one or the other. And uh, the way I'll be streaming moving forward is I'll be doing a uh, kind of, One, maybe two massive streams a week where I want to do like events and different things like that. And so kind of what you saw for Conquerors, but to carry us throughout the year. And so that will be coming very, very soon. And at this point, I feel like I've trademarked the very soon thing, but you'll expect it in the weeks to come. And it's going to start off with a really cool potential tournament. We're going to have to see, buddy. But I'm just excited to get back into connecting with the community. And heck, man, we can even do Snapchats live. That would be sick. You heard
1: it here first. Cozy Gamer, back in the live streaming game, down in the description below, I'm actually, I'm good demanding, I'm demanding... That you go down there and you give Cozy Snap a follow on Twitch TV, and while you're there, you can follow me too. But nah, dude, go check Cozy out Cozy more. But we gotta no, no, we gotta like. There has to be so many follows on Cozy Gamer's Twitch that like it, you cannot change your mind. You're gonna be like, no, like a hundred thousand people just followed me on Twitch TV. We gotta go. We gotta go. Dude, I'm just excited.
0: I'm just you know what I am. I'm so excited to connect with people more and just like talk about I don't know why animals are great and do T lists like. Like right after a snap to, to go on that next day into an animal tier list with the community and be like, let's put Alex Kocha and his squirrel opinions to shame. And then they end up liking squirrels and then I look like the idiot. Like that's that's what I'm uh, I'm excited for, buddy. Let's go to the in development section. Uh, we have prestige level. We have spotlight cash improvements, collectible emotes, personalized shop, smart decks, new infinite splits, and ultimate variant Evolution, Alex, what gets you pumped here? Honestly, the
1: thing for me that gets gets me really pumped is the prestige level. I buy a lot of variants. I love the cosmetics in this game. And the idea that, like, hey, you, you unlocked a season pass pixel, that felt bad. But you know what? You just unlocked this tier of whatever. We don't even know what the prestige level is going to look like. But that idea of, like, you know, the variants and the stuff that you're getting throughout your collection... Is going to help you get like more types of variant splits or more types of borders or whatever it happens to be. I think it's really cool. I think that's awesome because I think that a major part of this game is the collection system. Yes, we play competitively. Yes, we play to win. Listen, my son will look at my, my collection and just scroll through my cards and be like, oh, look at Venom. And he's like, he loves the art. The art is so cool. The collection is so cool. So I really like the prestige level uh, idea here and I'd like to see it be implemented.
0: Yeah, listen, in concept has some really cool things to talk about. So I do want to go there. But I would say this just feels like a great way to add more player expression, right? Like the ultimate variants, not a lot of people have them. But to have like Thor with like red lightning or whatever they said, or to have these new emotes in here or whatever that might be. I feel like it's just cool to embrace the art more in snap and to see that obviously more rewards, the better with the prestige level system too. So Great to see that these pixel variants can be turned into something a little bit more important per se. Now, before in concept though, because this is like cool, because it's uh, like the the cosmetic express yourself, uh, spotlight cash improvements to me, it felt a lot like the uh, polish to conquest, right? Where it's like, okay, I see what you're doing, but not quite. I, I, the gold ticket thing, I get it that that's definitely going to be like, it's going to upset people in some ways. If they would just add to the reward shop and incentivize the play a little bit more in a conquest and then have tokens, gold, or whatever purchasable in conquest, then you have an ecosystem that really makes sense, right? Right now, we're already sitting on so many medals and they just boosted them up, right? So it's like, okay, gee, great. I get more boosters from this, but now you can also buy boosters, which they mentioned in here. So like, that's where the disconnect is. 100 tokens, good on that. I'm fine with it, right? Here's the thing though, bro. This is in development. The smart decks have been in here for like almost coming on a year. So I think the player feedback is important here. We say, hey guys, let's give rewards or let's change something to really make this worth worth the update. And then we can nip it in the bud and be done with card acquisition stuff. You know,
1: I, I agree. My first impression of the change was that uh, like I, I like Conquest, I love it. It's my favorite mode. So the gold tickets don't bother me. But I get a lot of gold tickets just playing the game, right? And I think that uh, the average player is not going to benefit as much. If the rewards matched the idea of like getting the ticket itself, like if there were tokens in it, you're perfect. Add tokens to the shop, add the gold to the shop, make the tokens repurchasable, even if they're kind of expensive. Like just make it so that the ecosystem makes sense and then all of a sudden, like it, it just it it works much better than it does now. But at least they're listening. At least they're listening, and at least it's a first step towards trying to improve the collection-based system, but I, I don't think the gold tickets are the answer.
0: I think this is going to change. I do think it's going to... Imagine if they even did 250 or, heck, 500 uh, collector tokens with an Infinity Conquest, right? If you win that, because then the gold ticket makes makes sense because you win the gold ticket to get more Infinity tickets to try to beat that, right? It would only be for the top, so maybe you need to adjust that. Overall, I just think they need to... Make the ecosystem work more. If you're going to advertise yourself as a three-minute game too, which I think maybe they just need to move away from that advertisement because because Conquest is, I get why they do it. It is the core to snap per se, right? But it, Conquest is where it's all at right now. And if you're gearing people towards that, then it can feel a bit weird if your rewards are towards a mode that isn't three minutes, right? Ladder needs a little bit of a refresh too in some of that sense. But yeah, overall, I like that they're targeting it. I'm ready to move on from card acquisition, and I hope that they can really get this right so we can, we can, we can be happy. Even then, people are going to find ways to complain. But, you know, I, I think that there's right steps. want to continue to see it, and, and just don't be so cautious on rewarding people, man. I, I, I think that we can, we can try to do it a little bit easier, finding something that works for, for everybody. But, but the in-concept section, boy, oh boy, Alex, let's try to talk about them quick because they're all in theory, but let's bring it up. So in concept, we have guilds and social systems,
1: mythic variants, PC controller support, new game mode, and season journey improvements. I think the social systems are pretty important in Marvel Snap, like guilds and stuff like, I mean, we both have communities in Marvel Snap. I would love to be able to be working towards like PVE style reward systems in in guilds and systems like along those lines. So I'm looking forward to that specifically. The one thing I will say, I think I was kind of hoping a new game mode was a little closer in development. Namely, like for me, I feel like it's the draft based game mode that I am most looking forward to. I I imagine they have to be working on something along those lines. Cozy, what is kind of the the thing that stands out for you here that uh, you're most interested in?
0: Yeah. Okay. So I like what you said about, I have a different view on the social system aspect because it's like, I don't want this to be an RPG. I don't want this to be a game that it's not like, I don't need to fight Thanos with my buddy. That's not what Snap is to me. I just simply want to be able to go to Alex Kocha on my friend list, see what decks you're playing, go to your cards and look at the variants you're using. Like that ecosphere is what I think Snap is missing in that sense. Like, oh, Alex is in uh, rank 84. He just won Conquest, and these are the variants he just pulled, and these are his five favorite cards. That kind of stuff in-game would be awesome. It'd be so cool to see, and, and, and maybe even like, you can do a small sense of guilds of like if everybody logs in and does X, everybody in the in the guild gets, you know, 250 collector tokens. That kind of stuff is cool to encourage like social aspects stuff of it. The new game mode, here's the thing. I think that it won't take as long as Conquest did to build from the ground up per se because of what Conquest was to the game and where they were and hiring and all that stuff was snap blowing up. My, if I were to guess, if I was a betting man, December, I, I think it's going to come out around Christmas. And I think that's really, yeah, I, I, you know, I could be way off. It could be January, February, March, but I feel like that's when it's going to come or they're going to revamp the general ladder per se. We've got to see what PC does to the game. You know, I think that's really going to be integral draft mode is what I would expect to come. And if it's not that I was saying even the two V two thing and they redefine the, the playing a snap especially if they do like uh, 2v2 and guilds and social systems, and they make it much more of like this like multiplayer ecosphere would be kind of cool. But yeah, listen, controller support, they can put PC all they want in front of there, man. But if you put this out on Xbox Game Pass and the PlayStation and naturally have that work, I think the PC controller support is a way to just see how it feels. And then in January, we get a roadmap that says Xbox and PS4, you know, compatibility. I'm going to go wild, bro. That, that opens up to millions of more people. And, and honestly, just takes away from like that. It's a mobile game, right? Then you have a game that's designed. Honestly, they're out. You know, now it's PC or mobile. If you had console PC and mobile, you have two things going against the mobile, right? And it's like more of a game than one or the other. So all that exciting. Everything on this list is cool outside of like the only thing I want to see with Mythic variants. I just don't want to see another way that it's like currency to give them money. Give me a 1 in 1,000 chance to pull one of these from my, my cash. I don't care how big the chance is. I just want a mirage that nobody has. Where I want to, You know what I mean? There's enough art to go around. I think it's cool if they did it that way rather than like it's 10,000 tokens, you know?
1: I don't know how to articulate this, but when I read this original kind of update, I kind of got a little sad when I read Mythic Variants. I, I, again, I don't know how to say this, but I was kind of hoping that Ultimate Variants were going to be Mythic Variants. Because they're 5,000 tokens. They're insanely expensive. And I was like kind of worried. I'm like, if, if that's not, if Ultimate is not Mythic and you're spending 5,000 collector's tokens on them, how expensive are these Mythic variants going to be? Like what, I kind of got concerned for a second on like what is the acquisition of the Mythic variant? What is the separation between Mythic and Ultimate? And they, they kind of said like, Ultimate's going to get some love too where you're going to get some added ability. They're going to get big like, love, dude. Like new voice yeah, lines
0: and ways of interacting I just don't want to, I don't know how they're going to introduce these. So I don't know. Like, what if these are in every season pass now? You know what I mean? And there's one mythic, I think ultimate is pigeonholed into the token shop. Whereas mythic won't be.
1: Hmm. Interesting. I, I just, I would have almost wondered if they would have just combined the two. And like, like your, your Iron Man, your ultimate Iron Man now just levels up and it becomes a mythic variant once you hit like a certain, like, I I thought that's what it was going to be. And so like, I was like, oh man, we're going to have another type of variant. Like, it's just, I don't, I don't know. Like there might be some form of exhaustion and I'm concerned with how they get acquired. Like you're right. It cannot just be 10,000 tokens. If it's just 10,000 tokens, there's going to be. Flames and Pitchforks. You know what I mean? It can't, it can't be that.
0: Yeah, listen, I'm not going to get wild up over things I can't control. I get what you're saying. My, my, my thing I keep going back on is I've been looking at the smart decks now for coming on a year. I think those are in the in-concept section, right? So, like, there could be so far out. They might just be, in like, slipping in. Hey, first edition badges have been how long now? They might just be throwing a breadcrumb to see how we react, right? And, like, if we're like, screw this, or if the ultimate variants are so banger— because they've got Thor making red lightning come all over or whatever, then I think they either scrap it or they figure it out all together. Yeah, I'm okay with like a tier system, but it's how we got to see how the game develops. I don't like if it's another just like pure money thing. It's like, well, that's a bummer, but I, I don't know how you top custom animation and voice lines. Right? So I don't know. But again, cool, polish, Let's hope new game modes at the top of that. Maybe social systems right after that.
1: And uh, picking your own border. I'm just going to say I was so sad when picking your own border wasn't there because there's right. so many cards I want to upgrade that I can't upgrade because of the border situation. But Cozy, that's going to bring us to our next topic. And that is cards on the rise, cards on the fall. And listen, the, the meta is wild. And August is going to be absolutely insane. So we're going to be talking about a couple cards here that we think are going to be rising, a couple of them are going to be falling. Cozy on the rise. I'm gonna go and say. <laughs> <thought> you're <laughs> I'm taking to an me. easy one here. I thought you're gonna pass. No, it no. To me. I no, think armor's on you. the
0: rise. By the way, everybody, Damn it, Cozy, armor why seems like a great it? car. This is the car we both had written down first, right? Like yeah, I know. this is such an obvious card. You go. and I'll. I'll give you the. The. You, you go and talk first it's going to be such a
1: natural synergy to not only like to protect your one drops and still decks that are still meaningful, like, you know, Nebula and like, there's so many good one drops. And of course, with the, uh, the magic style play, you have sunspots coming, having a resurgence, but it also counters what's going to be like lady death strike. It's going to counter X 23. It's going to counter destroy. So important. It's going to come out unless it's a defensive card. It's going to be offensive as well, which I think is going to be really important.
0: Yeah. Not only get play more, it's going to Skyrocket. Like, legit skyrocket in play because you have a whole season dedicated to destroying stuff outside of Silver Samurai. The whole season is dedicated, right? A 2, too, so you can might as well just go right into September with this. Armor's play is going to near triple for good reason. Playing this on top of an immediate shard, playing this immediately on top of really anything, really legit anything, this armor is going to get so much value that it's going to be the card that is just everywhere. And then I think we can... Both kind of give a small nod to Cosmo, who's also a more expensive option in that. But he's going to do the same kind of thing to give you another lane, per se, right, of protecting. And he's already been on the rise, but I think he's going to go up more as well.
1: The next card for me is going to be the one that I left off of the cards that were my favorite of the season. It's going to be Captain Marvel. I think you're going to see a whole lot of Captain Marvel. It's already on the rise. I think it's going to continue rising. I don't think this card gets nerfed. I think the power is fair. I think the effect is strong. And I just, you're going to see a lot more Marvel in August.
0: Yeah, it's funny. I think we could talk about a lot of the stuff we said in the season past stuff earlier, breaking that down. I think it's just a bunch of these power boosters, right? Like Hulkbuster's naturally going to go up a bit more just because of just a good stat line working with the Deadpool. Deadpool has already been really, really kind of on the rise a bit with these destroyed decks. He's not a meme or fun card anymore. He's actually making his spot known with X-23 being able to play him more. Naturally, that means things like Forge. I think Forge, even though he's not going to be like the best card in the game, I think that Forge now has a spot where he's not just... He doesn't feel like a useless card in the deck. I think that he's going to have a bit more play overall because of this Deadpool, Lady Deathstrike, Dakin kind of synergy going on. So it's interesting how a lot of these correlations go hand in hand. I think Calling Wing, we could say as well. Anything outside of the season pass that you think is going to go up?
1: I, I think Collector. And I think you're starting to see it already. I think Collector is beginning to, to rise in value. It was recently a 2-1. It got buffed to a 2-2. Kind of got off to a slow start. And then now suddenly over the last few weeks, especially with, with the Bounce and Kitty Pride iteration of Collector, you're starting to see a big pickup of Collector. I think that it works wonderfully with the with uh, Dakin. You're going to see Collector-based decks and, and Destroy loves it too, especially with the Swarm. Like there's so many natural synergies here. And I think Collector is going to have a run
0: like it a lot you know what man we saw a lot of this during the bounce meta i think he's coming right back shadow king it's good to know that the buff that Dakin is going to get dak and Dakin, i love switching those up is not going to help his base power it's it's a power add-on right who destroys power add-ons buddy shadow king love what he can do and not only that man carnage venom absolutely wrecks those guys too the nova killmonger bombs he's going to set them all back to their original base power. I think he's going to be a big riser again and it's so cool to see him fit into a large majority of the meta now that we have these kind of base power things going up.
1: And uh, the last two I'll leave you with for terms of risers, I do think that Nimrod is going to be a riser here because I think Destroy is just going to be fantastic. I think X-23 is going to allow Nimrod to come out earlier. I think there's going to be a lot more synergistic things happening with Destroy in general. And and the final one for me is Moon Girl. I think that Moon Girl is also a winner here because uh, just naturally with Dakin, I think there's going to be a lot of uh, synergy. I think that the discard style swarm and then like kind of like, I I just think Moon Girl's going to have an interesting role to play in the upcoming meta. And ultimately, like these are all cards that are rising, and it's good to see because some of these cards have been somewhat irrelevant for some time.
0: Yep, I I would say Stature in the same vein. I would probably include in there just because of a new way to discard. You're going to just see more of them all together. And this kind of new disruption style with a Moon uh, Knight stature, Black Bolt kind of chaos. It's going to be cool to see all this stuff together and the massive disruption of playing like Iceman, Spider-Ham, Moon Knight. Yeah, you go into Absorbing Man, maybe the Silver Samurai, maybe Black Bolt. All of a sudden, you've ruined their hand, right? At the cost of some power, but some cool interactions, man. So really cool season to come, buddy, and I'm beyond excited. Now quickly, shifting over to the Fallers before we kind of wrap this up, Alex. It's not, really, it's, it's the one cost as a whole because of the Killmonger play going way up. Because when you have a Season Pass card, right, everybody is going to get this access to this card. And everybody is going to get rid of these shards as much as possible. So I do think we're going to see a tad bit less of things like maybe Kitty Pride or maybe Sunspot Nebula. Or of the Sunspot Nebulas, the ones that sit on the board longer. Quickly, I do want to say also Echo with the Rise of Armor. This could sneak in there to counteract what you just played down. I saw her, so I had to say it. What are some followers that you have?
1: Uh, the, the major follower for me right now is uh, one of them is going to be Miles Morales it's unfortunate but Miles Morales has been getting cut from a lot of decks that Morales was traditionally in like it's being cut from the stature based decks with uh, you know Legion and with uh, you know, Darkhawk Zabu it's unfortunate to see that because like we need stats we need power but when you have something like the uh, like Dak and the marmosa Shard you're suddenly in a situation where like you, you don't need to try to set up a move condition for Morales so Morales has been getting cut I'm going to to say as well with the prevalence of the Mirage, Maria Hill's a huge faller too. Like Maria Hill had already fallen way down, but now Maria Hill Cable they feel completely useless with Mirage in the game. Uh, Mirage I feel like as we talked about before is a damn good card, and for fallers it's it's a shame. But like Maria Hill Cable they just feel completely unplayable. So um, you know, there's just. It's just the game is in such a weird spot right now. And I think the ultimate loser, unfortunately, as you said, is going to be the one drops because Killmonger is going to be all over the place. It's going to be wiping out, uh, you know, everyone for that Master Sharp. But at the same time, Killmonger is going to have to deal with a lot of armor. So, I mean, it's going to be a really wild meta and I'm
0: absolutely looking forward to it. Alex, another great episode of the snapshot.
1: Yeah, it's a, it's a wild particular Monday because my friends in the comments section, I mean, listen, there's one thing you have to say. And it's happy birthday, Cozy.
0: Aww. Happy
1: birthday, my friend. Today is your birthday, and uh, you know I'm glad we get to celebrate it here on the Snapchat with all of you wonderful people, my friend. What's it feel like to be the birthday boy?
0: Ah, uh, you know, ah, uh, just fantastic. Over here talking about Marvel Snap card. dude. Being able to do the podcast, man. What a, what a, what a great birthday! Going to go to this cool, like, anime kind of Japanese house for food tonight. Looking forward to that too. And then it's a new season of Snap, which also means I'll be up all night trying to make content. So, you know, give and take, but I'm pumped.
1: That's awesome, buddy. Well, yeah. Happy birthday to you. And thank you, to everyone, for all your support. Have a good one. Have a great one. Good luck in the new season. And until the next one, happy snapping.